Previously on AFTN. Now this this might be too much information to share, but when Columbia scored that stoppage time equaliser, I yelled so loud, my hole <laughs> hurt. I had to Google to see if that was something you could do. Can you rupture your hole by screaming too much? <laughs> Zach, I don't know if we're going to have Zach back for a while. Oh, I even called my wife up and I asked her, is this a thing? She didn't know. She she was I, laughing as much as you though. I, 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 think, I, think, I, think, I think I have the opening for next week's show. Sunday, it's nine o'clock, it's cracker, no, it's the AFT and Soccer Show. That's a throwback for people my age that grew up in the UK, children's TV. Yes, welcome everyone, you're listening to another episode of the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And if you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 283. We were expecting this to be episode 284, but this week's preview podcast got curtailed. Mrs. Joe Deasy got rushed to hospital. <laughs> There's a baby Deasy. Yep. Congratulations, Joe, on becoming a dad for the first time. His son's called Declan. Yeah, name it for, uh, what's his name? Declan Wynn. Oh, no. Is that Declan was- Hill? Yeah, so I thought his name The fix is it. Yeah, yeah Declan DC. And, and I wore this t shirt in his honor. Oh, yes, the Double D-, D. Yeah, Daredevil t shirt. Big yeah. fan of Double D's, I've got to say. <laughs> anyway, we have a lot to, to cover on the show tonight. Also, want to say some thanks to Kunrad. We talked about him last week. He gave us our Dutch treats. My fast is over. I've been able to enjoy them this week. Divvied them up. The guys on the preview show got some. And I grudgingly gave some to to Steve and Zach, so they they have some that they can munch on this week. Also want to say a big thank you to Adam, Wasted Sundays, for delivering chocolate digestive nibbles. Two packs of them, mwah, absolutely fantastic. Anyway, enough of that. We've got a lot of football chat to get through this evening. Oh, football chat. Mm. Some some good stuff, some bad stuff. We're going to talk about the white caps. Again, we seem to say this a lot, whatever that was this weekend. We'll talk World Cup, we'll talk Canadian PL, we're going to talk TSS Rovers. We've got an interview with Dale Mitchell chatting World Cup memories of Mexico 86 with Canada. 
going to hear from Bobby Leonard Doocy talking about the Canadian Championship Voyager's Cup, so we'll chat a little bit about that as well. Lot to get through. As always, we're going to kick off with Whitecaps chat. DC United opened their new stadium. They asked for easy competition so they could get off to a winning start. MLS sent Vancouver Whitecaps. Worked perfectly for them. And it's finally happened. It's the week we've been waiting for. The Whitecaps' actual position in the standings now matches our points per game total. We're eighth. It's all coming together. Yeah. Says me having to constantly flick back and forth between the two standings. That makes me happy. Two points off the, the final playoff spot, though. Two points per game? No. Two Fe- points overall. Like that. Okay. Just two points overall. <laughs> well, we've played one and three more matches from the, the four teams that's above us. And there's four points now separates the teams from fourth, Portland, eighth, ourself. So we'll come to that later on, but... Let's kick things off. Bit of fun. Are we going to kick things off with John O'Flynn's calling? Because he really wants to call. We can maybe get him to call in. I know he is listening. We'll kick things off, though, with best alliteration to describe the DC match. Disappointment in DC, disaster in DC, or debacle in DC, or or something else. I I would probably put disappointment. I'd probably pick disappointment out of those three. Deflation? It's like well, you're, it's not. It's, not it's a, like you're, when your parents say, "I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed." Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> that feels worse. My parents never say that to me. Huh? Must just be you. <laughs> yeah, it was a. It was a disappointment. I would, I'd say. I'm going with debacle. Debacle. Why was it a debacle? I just to you? like the word. Oh, mm. that's fair. No, I have calmed down a bit and talking to Steve. I have. I'm viewing the the overall performance slightly more positively than I was when I wrote a rundown for the show. Yeah, I read, um, I, read <laughs> I was positive? Well, you, you talked me up. Really? Mm. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember being that positive about it. Ah, well, well, quick thoughts. Well, you yeah. said we had a lot of close chances. Uh, we did. Close calls. Yes, yeah, yeah, there were close so, calls. Quick thoughts on the performance to kick things off. Was it as bad as it feels? It was a 3-1 loss. We did hit the bar. We hit the post. Couple of set piece chances. Aha headed wide. Henry headed wide. But overall, the feeling I came out of it was that we just played really poorly. Hey, I just, I just feel fortunate that no Vancouver Whitecap got hit by any falling part of the stadium. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, that was it a reporter. That, that, yeah, yeah, but there was apparently some other incidents as well. But yeah, one of the sideline reporters got hit by some falling railing, and then had to get taken off the broadcast because it hit her on the head, which is. Absolutely shocking. There was duct tape apparently used Yeah, they started duct taping bits of the stadium that were falling apart. <laughs> I don't know if it was the heat because it was a really hot day or That's, just wait, 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 Michael, you're not a coach making an excuse for a bad result on the road <laughs> when you say the heat made the stadium fall apart. That's not a legitimate excuse. It was fine lines. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the, the worst. It was small margins between the... The metal being attached properly and not being attached properly. <laughs> the most awkward is I heard, I heard someone from Montreal complaining about the, the stadium in D.C. falling apart. I wanted to be like, uh, have you been to the big O lately? The Olympic yeah. Stadium, yeah. yeah that, that, that fell apart. It, it, Luckily, nobody was there, that one. That's true. Yeah. That's not, true. Not as if they had lots of time to get it ready. <laughs> How many years have they yeah. been working on it? 
But I mean, well, 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 sir, we can joke about this because I don't think anyone's like permanently hurt, right? I don't, as, I don't think. As far as we know, <laughs> if, this if is, some, if there were some if real this is edited out the podcast, it means I've gone home and checked, <laughs> and she is in a serious condition in hospital. But as far as I know, everything's okay. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I, I wouldn't. I sorry, I, I just say it because I wouldn't want to make a light of it if someone was really badly hurt. No, but it's pretty poor. So three losses <clears throat> now in our last four matches. All those losses. To bad to, teams. You could describe them as piss poor teams. I I would not give them that bad tag since they beat us. Maybe it's because... What does that make us? I, I, th- I thought you didn't want to insult piss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Maybe it's because they just want to take points from teams above them to show them that they're show that they're worth it. It has been something, though, that, that's played us for a while. We struggle against the, the poor teams and then we do well against the, the teams at the top, but... The first two are piss poor teams. No, you can't not say that about Philly and Colorado. Yeah. DC for me, without wanting to make excuses and try and set a narrative, but they have been on the road. They've played fewer games than anyone else. Well, isn't it fifteen of the next twenty are at home? Yeah. Yeah, and and only one outside their time zone. They've just added a big a big name. They only came halfway up. What what minute did he enter? He's done with David Osted. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that. that was, Matics carries the team on his back. Like, totally, that's the thing. Like I think David, like I think David Oster would have given one of his extra organs to win that. You know, like to stick it to. to stick he's it got to extra organs. Him. I don't know. We got you got two. Is of that, oh, right, right. Is that why he's like co- called the Great Dane? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like I, I think, I think he was like, I think. Yes, I think he told the Siemens there's I, no I way we're dropping points tonight. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. and Darren, and Darren to, in a, in a different way, but I think. The fact that DC have had their struggles because they've been on the road and all that kind of stuff, does that make this loss feel any better of losing to a bad team? <laughs> no. What, no. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do the thing that the white no. cap's light of balance. I don't, know why, <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about anything else other than Alfonso Davies' goal. Why, there's nothing else to talk about from that match that oh, is enjoyable. I know you're well, going to get to it. I know yes. you're going to get to it, but like, uh, well, okay, like, no, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's start. I, I'm, with I'm it. not trying let's to start with the high. <laughs> I'm not trying to force your. I was going to start with the low and. Build oh, okay, up no, to the no, high, we can but... keep going. We can keep going. Okay, I just might not say much. <laughs> the fact that we are losing to these teams does this mean that we are actually a bad team? <laughs> Has our position in the table <clears> been inflated? I think we're definitely like an inconsistent team that that plays to the, the level of the competition. And like I, I think, or, I, or below it, or below it, whatever the level is, to the level no. of. I think inconsistency is not a bad word. A yeah. word we probably used in the entire MLS era, which is not shocking when you're playing in a league of parity, uh, or somewhat parity. Now it's changing a little bit, but no, I, I think your your question is, is an interesting one. I think Michael, these drop points against teams that you shouldn't drop points against more has. Uh, made Vancouver, it has not enabled them to to be what they could be, right? If they picked up, if they picked up points in all three of these, or full points in all three of these games, if they had not dropped points in we'd some of those draws, free. yeah, the, the, Vancouver would be, yeah, in the in the top. Which I also think would be a false representation of what this team is. But I mean, you, you, if, if we are losing to these teams and we are not consistent, what what is it down to? Is it the coaching? Is, is it the, the lineups? Is it the players? Is it the players? Is it formation, tactics, combination of everything? Uh, is it the communication that they can't get to? Can, the, can, can you they, sum can, that up in ten yeah. seconds? I don't. I, no, definitely not. <laughs> but I don't think. I don't think. Uh, I don't think it would be misrepresented the team. I think 
had they take had they beaten these three poor teams, had they gotten say three or four wins out of those four draws or whatever it was, I think that they would be a team that where every player was playing to their levels or above. Okay. Right. And and if and if you're if if you're the Vancouver Whitecaps and the model you've chosen and your players are not doing that, this is what you get. So, if so, if who's so whose fault is that? Yeah. I would. I, I, you know what I'm going to say. It's it's the squad building. It's the model's fault. Like I I I was thinking about nothing I, to do with if the play if it's not the players' fault and we've got the players that can get through these games. It's not to do then with the coaching. No, for for me, it, in one sense, it's it's a lack of. It's not ha- not putting together a better squad, which to me starts with designated players. And if you yes, and if you don't get that right, yeah, then you're like how many? Well, I don't know how many times yeah, we I mean, can talk about yeah, this. We're, we're going to get twenty million for Fonzie. So I mean, obviously that is going that'll be to, reinvested back into the club. Well, I am expecting that whole twenty to bring Messi here <laughs> for for a vacation or yeah, um, Just show him around Vancouver, <laughs> yeah. and then he'll be like, no, it's a fake pitch. No, you're okay. No, but but seriously, I was thinking that on the, on, the, on the way here. I know people this season have been on the coaches, uh, have been concerned about the coach and coaching staff, and th- this result uh, maybe has igni- reignited that for some people or kept those coals burning for some people. It certainly seems to have. Yes. But but uh, but honestly, like I think when you look at Carl Robinson's tenure as a as a coach in Vancouver, like to me, I think he's done as well as you can expect based on the resources that that are given for the squad. Or even better, three to four years in the playoffs. For if you look at the, the the expectations they're setting, he's he's achieving well, or maybe in some sense overachieving. Um, or, or to use the famous Scottish phrase, you can only piss with the cock you've got. Maybe his cocks have just not been up to what we need. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll leave that. that, that imagery this analogy is getting derailed a little bit, but a little, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but but no, seriously, like that's the issue. So uh, to me, that's the primary issue. People uh, and people who want to harp on uh, maybe the tactics or the whatever SWAT selection for individual games, those are secondary or tertiary issues that people they're, they're lower hanging fruit to people. I think they can grasp them easier, so they're 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 going for those things. But the primary issues are the model chosen to build the squad, and that decision is made by. Made by the football committee. It's made by the owners and made by you know Bobo and Rachel and 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 Greg. You know, like that. That's who that, that that's where that lies. I, I like there is blame for me on the coaching side. The players also have to take responsibility because they have to finish these chances that are getting given to them. And if they're not good enough to finish them, then they need to bring in better players. But that's the thing. I, yeah. I, you go back to what Steve said. They have in some cases. They have. They haven't been as consistent as as most people would want. But they, they. It's not like all of these players have shown nothing, right? No. Like you, like so. Well, let, let's look at the three goals that were given up. We'll just lump them all together. Well, two from outside the box yeah. again. For me, shocking defending all round. Uh, Stephen, we were talking about this. I I pointed fingers at Davies for the first goal. How I, dare you? I know. The first goal, I disagree with you because of the fact that you you were saying that he shouldn't. Why was he trying to block the shot? The thing is, the problem is we block, we have too many goals, so we actually did the correct thing for blocking but the shot. I don't shot. know if he was even trying to block it. He was just he just yeah. seemed so casual. Yeah, but he put his foot out there, and then the guy must have changed his mind yeah. and passed and, it. And I, I want to stress, it. I'm not just blaming Davies. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of blame to go around, but that, for me, that was the start of it in that move. 
But then you've got a guy on the edge of the box, completely unmarked. The, the defensive midfielders fell way too deep. They, yeah. they didn't space themselves properly. Kamara was just kind of um, middling around. He did not see him coming from behind. No. I don't remember it was a great finish. Yeah, it was a great finish once again. But unmarked on the edge of the box. Shocking. Second goal. Rooney gets the ball. And depending and there's like, what angle you look at it from, there's four like players, four players that they were, around him. They and, were, and he did a great job of switching it right over to yeah, the other side. He kind of held it for a second, which allowed two of them to then close in. And the two that closed in, he then just played it where they had been, which then kept the move going. And again, touch, ma- yeah, one Marcel, touch right Marcel into the middle. Jong, I, not at fault, but a very feeble just stuck his leg out to try now, and stop the guy. Now that one Davies did, he did exactly what Kamara did on the first Davies goal. Davies did not track back on that I, one. He lost his man. It was similar to Kamara on the yeah. first one. So the, bo- the both issues were not tracking back with the players running down the middle of the field. Yeah. Or not ca- nor tracking them or whatever. So, um, and Ariola's third. Yeah. Again, it was a nice finish, but Rowe, for me, should have been in a way better position to, to deal with that. Yeah, the, I mean the fact that you 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 let a starting keeper leave in the off season who d- had done quite well and was actually a, a, quite a good shot stopper, I, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, made some pretty dramatic saves because you had someone who you felt was relatively equal. He earned so many points. He saved so many yeah. points. Yeah, he, I mean he had some errors. Yeah, but he, yeah, shot uh, as well. And Steph has done. Steph has that has done well. similar. That's why they said, okay, we're more comfortable with this. It helped in the salary budget thing, whatever. Uh, but with him going down, uh, for me, one of the one of the disappointments of of this is that they brought in someone, and I think. Brian Rowe has made some good saves. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's made enough big saves. Not enough off. big saves, but he hasn't. Be, he's been let out to dry by this yeah. defense. Right, but but but, well, that but was my a discussion that, that was happening. But yeah, my, my my bigger disappointment with this is like to me, the Vancouver Whitecaps, based on their the residency program and the players we've seen come through, they should have a Canadian quality at, keepers. Yeah, they've had quality keepers. One of those guys should be the should have or should be the actual backup. Who is, get, who is getting I, this opportunity? I can't remember. If it was either on the Southsiders forum or it was on Twitter. But someone was saying about the Whitecaps are terrible at developing keepers. No. And I'm like, what, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. Have you seen the conveyor belt of keepers that we've let go through? Although, in some regard, maybe he's right in that we haven't developed them because they've not made it into the no, first team the, squad. The, the no, thing, but look at look at thing, Simon Thomas is a prime, sorry Simon Thomas is a prime example. I'll get back to what were you going to say? What were you going to say? I was going to say that the keep the keeper like most coaches, uh, even goalkeeping coaches, I think, are not comfortable playing young goalkeepers. They wanted them to. They want yeah, them to start they, do want a bit they wanted to Jesse go. Jesse Gonzalez. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying the Whitecaps. Oh, the Whitecaps oh. seem to not to be interested. In, they always look at all the way from Joe Cannon to um, yeah. David Elstead was in his like late 20s or maybe even 30s when he came over here. Stefan Marinovich is in his late 20s now. Um, so I Brad think Rod Knighton. Uh, maybe uh, Marinovich might be mid 20s. I can't remember what it is, but they're 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 going for more experienced keepers. They don't want to play the. 21 years old it seems like but Steph, that, Spencer Ritchie was sent to Cincinnati yeah and that's yeah. but that's what I'm talking and about can't as a, play because there's a veteran ahead of yeah, exactly him. I, but that's what I'm talking about I'm talking about as a as your as a backup the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, have developed enough keepers that they're number two and number three yeah, should probably should, be, should be yeah defensively though and this we've drummed on about this for weeks Robbo's talked about it for weeks after all and it's like oh we have to change we have to change and nothing changes there's no urgency there's no defensive responsibility being shown, and it's all over the pitch. 
Is, is there any update on uh, Captain Kendall's... Uh, he was out on the pitch training yeah, pre-game yeah. yesterday. So I would so expect that, that he's he made the probably going to... Yeah, so oh. I'm expecting that he's going to was play he on the bench or no? week. No. Oh. Um, Marinovic was, so again, I'm, we'll, we'll talk about midweek in, in part two. But people are saying we need Waston back. But I'm concerned that if we get him back, he's going to try and do what he did in 2016 and try and work too hard try and fix all these errors and do it all himself. And then his game suffers as a result. And then there's more mistakes. And then there's bad tackles, there's cars and everything that goes with it. We're in a hole here. And I don't know that we have the defensive players that's going to get us out of it. And that that's the worry. I just hope the hole's not broken. I was surprised Rose started because we were told Marinovic was good to go. but I was too because you thought he would want that yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Do the defenders have faith in him? Because this was the discussion I was having that I was saying I felt sorry for him and it's a lot of the goals haven't been his fault. And then a couple of folk were saying, well, no, they haven't been, but it's as if the defenders don't have faith in him to command his box. So they therefore, therefore they're, they're collapsing deep and allowing shots from distance yeah, I don't, in this I game? Don't get I, that. I didn't really get that from those from those goals. Yeah. but Maybe other maybe other games, but not, not so much in this game. For me... It's all on the defence, and especially the centre of defence, which they're getting pulled all over the place. And it doesn't matter who we have in that fullback as well. They're not making any difference either. And we can't keep chopping and changing. Like, Norwinsky one week, Franklin one week, Norwinsky one week, Frank... What does that do for the team? I, I would be okay with that if it was because of the role we were asking them to play, meaning we're asking them to, yeah, to but do it so much. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it, it, you want one attacking, you want one defending. And that, well, no, you, no, no, no. You what, from week to week. No, what I mean oh, is that? you want one to go all out yeah. for a full 90 in both attacking and defending, and therefore they need a rest more. They need more often they need a rest. Yeah. Therefore they're changed more often. But, yeah. Well, play Kyle Robinson's post-game audio now. We usually do both coaches, but for some reason DC didn't have Ben Olsen's audio up. Too busy celebrating. Probably. Yeah. Or repairing the stadium, maybe. Well, yeah. Or maybe a, maybe a railing hit the, the recording device. I heard, I heard they're getting all the supporters in there to help. Oh, we possibly, were, yeah. Cause they're, just like we replaced the pitch yeah, in the they're, RSL. They're really good with the, the support out there in DC from what I've been reading. Um, Robbo only spoke for 90 seconds. Two questions. Let's just play it. Yeah, me. I thought there was something was wrong. Sorry, I thought something was wrong in your article. I was yeah. like, well, what happened? where's the rest of it? No, let's hear it. Well, I think the game had a little bit of everything. We knew it would be an emotional occasion, uh, especially for DC United, you know, a momentous occasion. Um, sellout, first game at home, um, you know, and you could see the, the crowd was very energetic. Um, you know, we come with the game plan. I think the first goal was always going to be key. Obviously, they got a goal, a, a wonder strike from outside the box, which is probably fitting for the opening of the new stadium. And, you know, we had a, we had a couple of chances to get back into it. Unfortunately, we weren't able to take them. Uh, then they get the second and third. Um, I'm disappointed we can see two goals from well outside the box, which is not not very good. Uh, and that's little details that we need to improve on. And, you know, we kept going. We got the goal at the end. But, um, you know, there's a few players that were slightly off it today. Absolutely. And can you just talk about uh, Alfonso Davies' strike at the end of the game? I know it was a consolation goal, but it was uh, one great strike. Well, I think we deserved, you know, if you look at the set pieces we had, I think we had a number of chances. We hit the bar, we hit the post, and I think it was it was just reward that we got, you know, a goal out of the game. I'm disappointed we conceded three, but, you know, on another day it could have been quite easily 3-3. Three, three. So uh, it was a wonderful strike from the young boy. He kept going, the team kept going, um, which is credit to them as well. But we need to tidy up 
uh, on the areas of individual defending because if we don't and we let good players, Ariola was arguably the best player on the pitch today. And uh, if we let good players shoot from distance, then that's what they'll do. So Carl Robinson there. Not saying too much. I think describing the performance as some players were slightly off it is maybe a little bit of an understatement. But there were so many questions that could have been asked after that game. But the problem is, there's no travelling media anymore. So you're just relying on whoever the Caps have there to ask the questions. So they're not going to like put him on the spot and ask him difficult stuff. And then he's away for the whole week. So no one's going to get to really speak to him until after the Seattle game. We got a tweet in from Greg Petrie at Our Dumb World who said, Robinson isn't all to blame for the Whitecaps, but that doesn't absolve him of blame for failing to learn from past mistakes. If the players aren't getting it done, he doesn't owe it to them every game to give them the 60th minute, for instance. Now, we didn't do player rankings again this week. Yeah, it's the World Cup break. Yeah, that's what we decided. (laughs) Wait, does that mean... We're going to have a shocker of uh, ratings after one week later. <laughs> I, I did say to, to Steve this was going to be an impossible week to try and, and actually do any any ratings in. So I, And it was a sunny day, so I decided not to then. Yeah, so point. we'll look at the who scored ratings very quickly just to kind of round off this section. Let's get them back up here. Alfonso Davies, top, 7.55. Well, that's because of the goal and probably his dribbling. I was quite surprised. Is dribbling on the goal? Yeah, on the goal. <laughs> by who was rated two, three, and four. Two was Kai Kamara. Oh, let's oh, we'll make us guess it or something. No, okay. they run out of time. Three was Jordi <laughs> Reyna. Yeah. Four was Jordan Much. I didn't feel had much of an, uh, no pun intended, have much of an input into the game. And then Marcel Dion was fifth. I actually thought Effie Juarez was probably my man of the match because he had a, a little bit of fight and bite about him. He was seventh in the in the who scored rankings with a six point five three rating. What about you guys? I mean, who did anyone stand out for you? Alfonso Davies. Yeah. Anyone apart from Alfonso stand out? For you? I agree with a little bit with Kamara. I, uh, Kamara, I don't. Although he, he, you know he didn't really set up. He was running well, he hit, hit the, with the woodwork, right? Hit the woodwork, and yeah. yeah. So I think I think he did show something up top. And also, you know, he was very good in consoling Alfonso Davies after the goal, so that's probably some points there. Yeah. Wait, oh, yeah, let, the, no let, dance, though, right? No dance. No let, dance. Let's talk about Fonzie's goal. Well, nice way to finish this this part, I think. He's getting superstar treatment on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, he had four players around him. Beautiful footwork to make himself some room and a lovely finish. That's $25 million transfer fee goal yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps rising. Have we got, I forgot to ask, have we got confirmation on... His current contract status? No. That would be... We need to get that. Hmm. We'll, we we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens out. with it anyway. So that is it for this part of the broadcast. We'll be back with more after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Art Brute there. DC Comics. Were the Whitecaps comical in, in well, DC? Kind of, yeah. Uh, just, but they've never had that much luck against DC United no. anyways. 
We had a 4-0 hammering there once, so I mean, that wasn't great. End of Jane Ollie, essentially that game, I think it was. Yeah. Not, was a, not, not in life, but no. it was a wake up. <laughs> the, there was a big debut, of course, in the match. Wayne Rooney yeah. came on as a sub for Darren Mattix. Very cordial with Carl Robinson. Spoiling, though, the Mattix-Rooney partnership that we were just so badly <laughs> wanting to see. So I guess they're not going to be together then. They're going to they're they're going to be playing. I don't know. Yeah. It depends how they how what system they want to play. But oh. yeah, Robbo was joking with Rooney before he came on, and then shook his hand before he came onto the pitch. Which I know he knows him, and he's just being cordial and welcoming no, him I, to NLA. I missed this. Like I, I honestly missed this on this thing. Did he walk over and yeah. say hello? Oh, so, so he, he walked out of his technical area. Oh, okay. And uh, shook his hand. Before Why not do on. it after the game? I do not remember seeing an opposition coach shaking a player's hand as he's about to go on the pitch to play against your team. And, and I know that it's nothing to it, and you just maybe built, we're building things up out of nothing. But I the think, optics were terrible. I think it was the. Uh, I think I remember seeing something uh, Ronaldinho at the one of the tournaments. The it was cha- like Champions Cup or whatever. The the world, you know, the world. Uh, League the summer Cup. thing? Mm. Yeah, the one where all the champions from each confederation go. <laughs> What's that one called? <laughs> the Confederations Cup. Confederation. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the one where... The, well, you, Michael's completely distracted I'm right sorry. now. <laughs> I'm just, just waving to a couple of very attractive young ladies that were standing watching us through the window. No, the one, the one where the leagues, the champions of each league... The cha- like the Champions League, the Club uh, World Cup, Club World Cup. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So Ronaldinho went to that one. I think the coach, and then obviously Ronaldinho was stripped of his clothing after the game by the other team as well. Mm. I remember that. But it's, it's bad. What, what do you think about a nice team? <laughs> no, no matter what, it, it's like bad optics. And what well, you is it really that bad? I think it in was, one sense it's like, hey, I, I know this guy. I can I understand after the game, but before the game, before he come, when he's coming. Okay, on. I'll say to you, sure, I can understand how people would see it, say it's not ideal, but it's also not the end of the world. No, I know. That's why I'm saying we're we're probably building it up into nothing. It just really pissed me off. Well, because well, it was uh, they weren't Me- playing that well. Remember that time we lost in Philadelphia, and Jordan Harvey was smiling after the game, oh, or yeah. maybe it wasn't. It was whatever game we lost and Harvey was smiling, I was really pissed off because he looked so happy and we'd lost. Right. It's the little things that annoy me. So it's not, he shook Shrek's hand. It's not the it's not the end of the world. Who knows? Maybe he said, you're going to fall on your ass and yeah. play really crap against us. Yeah. Maybe, let's hope it's that. But there was a lot made this morning of the fact that he was on TSN during oh, the World Cup God. halftime. Now, that I do think was ridiculous because it's the day off. And there's you could, there's no way the Whitecaps lost that game on Saturday because Robbo was going to do TV on the Sunday, like some fans are trying to make it yeah. out to be. That, that's that, that isn't that isn't. Plus, the the team is on the way to Montreal anyway, yeah. right? So, it, 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 it like the the, the pressure well, honestly, does feel like it is mounting because honestly, the way the players are playing, I wouldn't. If I was Robbo, I wouldn't want to be traveling with him either. <laughs> I would go somewhere else for a bit. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, Will Parchman on Twitter was scathing about Robo on Saturday night. Yeah, who's that? Uh, he's quite a, a well-known reporter. Reporter he's of? MLS and other... Oh, like, like, oh, like in the States? Yeah. Oh, okay. Obviously, he's not that well-known. He writes for The Athletic. Oh, yeah. He's done stuff with Sounders before. Well, um, then... then. What, what a howler, Top Drawer Soccer. Yeah, so why I do think you... he's the guy that actually founded top, top Drawer Soccer. And he's a flounder. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Obviously so he he didn't he like didn't, what Robbo said. 
or Robo shaking his hand. It just no, he just doesn't like Robo in general. Okay, and he, he's a he said, and he's a flounder. He well, said, read, so, out, read, read the tweet. Let me read it. Okay. Defended Carl Robinson for a long time, but can't justify his existence in Vancouver anymore. Existence. You're not even being a manager; just his whole existence. Yeah. The fact that he's almost ignored one of the league's only European-style residencies is grounds for removal on its own. A number of top producer clubs in Europe give their coaches KPIs to play young players a certain percentage of overall minutes every year. That hasn't happened in Vancouver, and considering their pipeline, that is criminal. Like, the worst case, some of the kids... Anyone that says like's not good, but... Anyway, the worst case, some of the kids aren't ready and you get carved a couple of times. Not like it isn't happening already... I would much rather get fired playing a 20-year-old than playing a 30-year-old, but here we are. Okay, so one of the big problems with the residency is that you took away you took away the, the in-between. Yeah. And that's that, the, uh, so, so now if you want to blame, blame you want to try and blame Carl Robinson for not playing residency kids now, you need to blame the people who took away, who took away the, the in-between. No, that is, that's bollocks. No? No, because he wasn't playing them while we had it in between. The club's never played them in the whole time they've been in MLS. Philip Davies, Ben McKendry. <laughs> Marco Bustos. Bryce on Alderson. The, Marco, Marco Bustos. On the KS wing. Rose. Yeah, they put, he played them on the wing, though. Yeah. So, okay, even, so, if we okay. had the, even if we had the WFC 2 still, these guys still would not be getting played. That makes no difference whatsoever. In the first team. Okay. Yeah. Uh... uh, uh I can agree with you in one in one sense. I think the the counter argument to that, which I'm not saying I'm for, but the counter argument to that is, which I've heard often, is they haven't been good enough. Yeah. So 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 this. So are we not bringing in good enough talent, or where is it falling down then? Well, the the problem has the, sorry, one of the one of the easily observable problems for me has always been. That we can't get them past being performing well at age level, so they yeah. can't make the transition. They're great at youth, and yeah, they're great when they the adult yeah, game, they, which is what we've kind of seen. Which is what WFC two was supposed to help with. Yeah, I, I've had some interesting chats with Colin at TSS Rovers, kind of regarding this whole thing, not just White Cats but Canadian players yeah. in general. There seems to be a big gulf for them as they move from being top dogs in the youth ranks to then moving into the adult game. And then they're playing against better players from elsewhere in the world, and it's like, oh yeah, these guys maybe aren't as good as we thought. But but, but it's we uh, the harder thing to swallow is for the for for me one of the harder things about that was that the it wasn't just they were just good as Whitecaps. Is a bunch of those guys were good for the Canadian national yeah. team even in under twenty or under seventeen World Cups. Which we didn't qualify for most of. But anyway, where do the White Cats go from here? Transfer windows open. Montreal. Does bringing in new players help? Or are things too deep rooted that we need a whole change of philosophy, a whole change of team again to get out of it? Russell Beresford, that squad player, had tweeted out this morning that, or maybe it was last night, that he's he's kind of at the stage now that he kind of hopes his season crashes and burns because it might be the only way that we get a complete overhaul. Or well, I guess, or even like a, them understanding that they're not that good. Yeah. Well, nothing's going to happen this midseason. They've already said that. Like, oh, uh, unless some, maybe unless now. someone wants Breck Shea. Yeah. I mean, he's the, he's the big piece we have to move. And for me, Bernie Abini as well, you have to feel is is a guy that's days here is But even if they even if they move even if they move Bernie, then they have what 150. Yeah, not a lot of money. No, that's like the. 
Again, because they're not going to spend any more than that. Yeah. So we never thought Debbie Flores would leave, and he left. Yes. So maybe. Well, it's so possible. yeah, there there is there is roster yeah. spots. Yeah, there's definitely roster spots. Well, he was loaned out, so there, I, there was, was a deleted tweet as well. Um, I don't know who tweeted it, but then it was quickly deleted that Michael Baldissimo has signed a, a homegrown deal. So that could be getting announced for homegrown spot. Who do, who tweeted it? I don't know. Oh, he was he was number one on because someone list. retweeted it and then it was all gone. And yes, he's been number one the last two years, two years. and our ones to watch. And with the under twenty three squad, which I was talking about getting put together, that obviously makes sense for him. So that's maybe one of the roster spots. I wouldn't be surprised to see Theo Bear get a deal as well. Yeah. Very possible. None of that's going to help our first team right now, though. That, no. That's the big problem. The games are coming thick and fast. The season could be over by the end of the month, and that's not even exaggerating. Mathematically, of course not, but mentally, it could feel that the season is over. We've got Montreal midweek in the Voyagers Cup, then Seattle, Montreal's second leg, then Minnesota, who are now four points behind us with a game in hand. That's just ridiculous. That we've let ourselves get into that position. But is it though? They brought in they brought in a DP in Quintero. Didn't they just brought in another DP? Minnesota, did Yeah, but they're still a poor team. One player can't carry a team, which Quintero's tried his Quint- best. Quintero's but, done it in a number of games. Yeah. I, I think it would be unfair to say he's done it consistently. No. But, but mean, he almost single-handedly beat Toronto. But even if we get the, through rubbish, the spell. Yeah, you have like, so many away yeah, games. New York all, City. All this looks horrific. New York City away, then Portland away, back to back. Then you've got... The Jesse Marshless yeah, uh, Red Bulls. Red Bulls at home. Red Bulls. Then we've got a couple of games against San Jose, yeah. which you That's, feel should be six points. But, but you never the way know. that things have gone, I, I don't feel I, anything's guaranteed Do anymore. you guys think because of that, the Canadian Championship is even more... Getting the Voyagers Cup... It's very important so that they can actually have something to hang their hat on that they won some silverware this year. Could be our only chance of success. And I, yeah. I know you put high stock in it anyway, but you have got to be honest, the Whitecaps haven't in the past. But well, it seems they, like they, they didn't last year, no. no. It seems like he's going to play some young players, though. He's going to change the, dif- the rotation. The difference, yeah. is, the difference is, is, the, is the second leg is at home, and they don't want to be embarrassed at home. No. They don't, they don't, want, they don't want to go out at home. So we're looking at seven defenders. They, they have taken their full squad with them as well. Yeah. And we don't know if there's other bit players. Minus Davey Flores. <laughs> well, he's no longer a member. <laughs> um, yeah. For me, it is an important competition and I want us to do well. We're now going to play a Montreal team, though, who have hit form. Yes. Yeah. They've got Definitely. five wins in the last six matches. All of those who wins have, by, have been by at least two goals. They just and beat San Jose. Them, four of them is clean sheets. Yeah, they just beat San Jose 2 nothing too. Yeah, which at least helped us. Although San Jose's out of the playoffs, so it doesn't really help us. But <laughs> I don't think we're going to obviously play their full-strength team. I think we're not going to play their full-strength team. But but they might sprinkle in some veterans. Yeah. Were they played at home or they played in San Jose? I can't remember. They were at home, I think. So that might be even more. Yeah. They don't have to travel. Who do you think Montreal will put out? Do you think it's going to be a mix? Do you think it's mostly going to be fringe? Well, it's Remy Guard's first Voyager Cup match, so it might be it might be a little bit hard to say. Mm. But yeah, if things go as they have in the past, I would I would expect kind of like yeah, a fifty fifty, a half and half. What about us then? I think Marinovic looks like he's he's going to be a guy to play, but we'll 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 break down the individual players. The- 
in a sec. This is what I'll say about the, Mo- the Montreal away Voyagers Cup leg. I would expect the away starting 11 to be w- with more people who haven't played as much, and I would expect the home leg to have more of a mm-hmm. we need to win this. I think we're going to get the the spiel from Robbo of uh, I'm going to put out a side that's capable of getting a result. Yeah, that's fresh legs. One, one for a bingo card. Fresh yep. legs. Before we kind of think who we might go in, I'm going to play a little bit of audio from Bobby Leonard Doozy. Bobby? Yeah, that was, this is from way back in March, where he was actually asked back then about the, the Voyagers Cup and whether the Whitecaps were going to take it seriously. So here's what he had to say about that. With the Voyagers Cup being the only route to the Champions League, are you going to put more emphasis on that? Um, by that you mean? Uh, a stronger squad really going for qualifying for the Champions League again right. and get into... Yeah, no, no, we, 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 we appreciate even more so the uh, significance of, of winning the Voyagers Cup. And um, for us, you know, finishing in the top four in CONCACAF was something that we're very proud of. So I think what we'll do is we'll, um, we'll, we'll look at, at you know, how the season is going and um, I think we... we I can tell you that we want to win the Voyagers Cup, so that's something that we'll put an emphasis on, but we're a little bit away from it just yet. So so Bobby there saying that Whitecaps want to get back to the Champions League. This is the only way that they are going to be able to get back into it. I was that want- convincing for you? Now, remember, this is obviously... Well, that, that was back in March. That was back in March. He did say it depends how the season is going at the time, right. which was an interesting turn of phrase. I think we can say right now the season's going to shit, so... It becomes more important. I, I feel it has to. Because optics are very important to them. And so if you can hold up... As our season ticket renewals. Exactly. So if you can do well in the Voyager's Cup, if you can win the Voyager's Cup in mid-August... Right second, before the season ticket... Season ticket renewal is, is like August 15th. It starts and goes for, I think, it's a month or whatever. Um, that would be significant for them. Totally. So, uh, let me put it this way: it, it would it would not be the only time uh, I've heard of, uh, the, like the football committee reminding everyone about how significant it is to advance to the final of the Voyagers Cup and or do well in the Voyagers Cup because you get money. So, yeah, Mel- or you and or you don't lose money. Yeah, I, I thought Sean Melvin would start and go, but I think it looks like it's going to be Marinovic now because they have to get him some. Wait, minutes. is the homegrown game or <laughs> who's the, who's in the back line? Narwinski and Levi's would be the fullbacks, I think. The yeah. fact that neither of them played. I think Levi weekend. for sure. Yeah. Oh, you don't think Narwinski? Narwinski played, did he? No, Franklin was in. No, Narwinski came on for him, right? Yeah, but he didn't start. Right, right, right. right. Okay, who's who's your middle? Do you think Waston comes back I, for that? I, if Waston's training, I think he's back. Yeah. But do you I, risk I him ahead of Seattle away? Yeah, I think you have to because you have to see if he's got. It's his a cup legs. game, man. Cup game. I mean, I'd be happy for him to play. Don't I, get me wrong. I just think you have you to get Aaron him up to Mond? match fitness. If, if, see, see, oh, see, I forgot see. about Aaron Mond. I was thinking Ali. Kendall Gibal. and Aaron. Aaron Mond, okay, so yes. so say Kendall can't go. Do you think it's Daniel Henry and Aaron Mond instead? I think if Kendall can't go, I think we'll see Ali Gazal. No, no. please no. You, oh man, are you no. serious? I, I I could see that. Is that what you why you no, think no, he was nothing. a substitution? Sorry, late? that's sorry. That's nothing against Ali Gazal. That's saying we have these other center backs. Let's play one. Like, yeah, I, 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 you. Let's put Danielle Henry in the Voyagers Cup. Yeah, but let let's say he knows how to win it. Let's say he's Wost- won it. <laughs> so if we let's say Waston can't go, how many of these players Seattle, have won it? Do you want to risk Henry or Aha 
in their midweek game that could then rule them out for Seattle? One? Yeah. Henry would make sense because he is Canadian. Because then, then you play Mond with Aha. Yeah. Midfield, do we see David Norman Jr.? That would be great. I think, I th- so. I think we have to. But who's his partner? Partners. Depends what I think, formation they go with, but yeah. maybe Gazal. Yeah. I was going to say, I think he's single still, but oh. yeah, whatever. Teixeira should come back. Yeah, non-league game. Hmm? His suspensions should be fine. He's not, his, playing away from home is not his favorite. But no, it's grass. But it's in Canada, oh, so it's not really away oh, from Oh, grass, home. right. Do you, do you think Brick Shea comes in? I think, yeah. Big, big cup game. You have to play your DP. Yeah. <laughs> we might even see Simon Coline coming off the bench, getting his first team debut. And if Baldissimo signed, maybe we see him mm. on the bench. Maybe he makes it. Oh, maybe that'll be the big announcement yeah. before the actual game. Yeah. Blondell will start up top. For me, it's whether we see Meyer Bevan beside him in a 4-4-2. I see, I see oh. why not. Because Meyer Bevan, while he can, play, he can play up top, he can also slip back a little bit into midfield too. Mm-hmm. Not obviously the greatest. He can play the, in the wing a little bit. And the as well, wing as yeah. well, yeah. How many goals did he score in his long spell? Two, I think. And how many games? A lot. But was he, <laughs> did he come on More as than a, two. Did he Already? come on as a sub or was he mostly or was he a starter in those games? He was starter for oh. most of them. Quick predictions then. Do you think, just for this one leg, do you think we'll get a result? I think a draw at the best. Well, that's a result. I think we'll, I think I we'll get a goal, but I think we'll be leaving with a one-goal deficit. So I'm going to say 2-1 Montreal. Mm. I, I could see that. Yeah. I'd say 1-1. One, one. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. We'll just kind of round off this section with a, a quick MLS roundup, and I'm just really going to rattle through a, a, a lot of this. Red Bulls, Kansas City, first of all. Yes. Entertaining match. Red Bull sub Mark. Mark. <laughs> Rizowski. Rizowski. He, had, he was the hero. Two latest goals. Gave New York Red Bulls a come from behind win. Great. Two points off SKC. Doesn't really matter much to us right now. But Galaxy, this is one that. Yeah, the Galaxy game hurt us. 3 yeah. 2 win oh, for yeah. the Galaxy. I watched the highlights of that and. It was a bizarre Stop, was game. Was it stoppage time, both of them? Yeah, 92nd yeah. and 93rd minute. Four of the goals, four of the five goals came when from the team that was down a man. Because both players had a guy sent off. So four of their goals were by 10-man team. <laughs> Pinilla was sent off for the Revs in the 23rd minute. And Ashley Cole for an absolutely ridiculous second booking in the 85th. But Zlatan didn't play because the official reason was turf and long travel. It is long. They named turf. Yeah. Not going to be seen here ever, clearly then, unless it's a vital playoff game, perhaps. Oh, it's also, it, it's an East Coast game. Maybe they didn't mark it that highly. Yeah. Now, okay, then we got Dallas. They're obviously yeah. not, at this point, falling off. They're still winning games. And they were Chicago. First. Yeah. Yeah. Easy, comfortable 3-1 winners over Chicago. Mini, mini RSL. Now, this did provide one of the highlights. I have not watched it yet. I've heard so much about it. I have not watched it yet. Well, we have the. Are we going to play? Oh, sweet. So, Mini beat RSL 3 2. Mini had a three goal lead, which they nearly blew. Jail Plata hit a couple of two second half goals. Mike Petke was not happy with the refereeing at all. He kind of blew a gasket after the game. And. We've put a little bit wait, of something uh, wait, special. Anything for you. to do with the printers? No, no, no printers. No printers. Okay. Now, I, yeah, I put a little bit extra music to go with the, the the actual words. Yeah, there's something I want to add. I was hoping you guys would ask. You know, uh, you didn't ask, and I, and I kind of went with it and said maybe that's the best for it. But why did I get kicked out tonight? 
Why did I get kicked out tonight? I mean, you look at the 20, 20th minute, which I checked at halftime. Schuler goes in on a Danny Acosta who's in, a, who's in behind the midfield line, studs up a foot off the ground, studs showing into his leg. If he is a foot to the left of Danny, face on, he breaks his leg. There's, there's none of this crap that the referees do to the VAR, no looking at VAR or nothing. It's, it's, a, it's a yellow card. Marcelo gets a yellow card, what? 12 minutes later for toe poking the ball during a set piece 15 yards away? I mean, what are we doing here? Quintero in the goal doesn't look at Justin. I mean, doesn't look at the ball. Plays literally not the ball, runs in, extends his arm, looks at it the last second, and they score. And it's this crap again. The conversation from Alan Kelly, let me tell you something. The conversations with the fourth official over the last four games was three games starting three games ago, Jefferson Savarino is being targeted. Know what the fourth official says to me? Yeah, I know. We talked about it. We've watched it. We're good. And continuous fouls, fouls, fouls. Nothing. You know, I don't want to talk about the last four games, though. I want to talk about tonight. Because up until that point, we had more shots leading into the second half. We, 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 were, we were blocked up. We were, we were good denying anything. And it's just, you know, it, it's not good enough. And then I get from the, the only thing I get from MLS is stop criticizing referees. I want to know where the referees are right now. Why can't we ask the referee a question? Why can't we do that? Why can't we ask, why didn't you go to VAR? Why didn't you call that? Why, when the studs are coming up, you just give a yellow card? That would make them more human. It would be better, to MLS, it would be better for this league, for the fans, for the owners, for the coaches, for the players, to hear from them and to hear their side of the story. And perhaps then we say, okay, I see it. Maybe it happened a little fast. You know, maybe the guy in the booth, wherever the hell he is watching this, you know, maybe he was watching The Simpsons at the same time. I don't know. I have no idea. But it's not good enough to me. And I'll take the fine. Jeff Agus, find me. Find me. I don't care anymore. You know, nobody else, no other coach in this league steps up a little more than they should. I'm going to. So drain my bank account. I don't give a shit anymore. Okay? Applause here yeah, in the studio as well. I freaking love Mike Petke. Even when he doesn't have slides and the printer is still working, he is quality. That, I, I, I can't decide if I like that more than the whole printer thing. <laughs> just because Well, he that just, was better. That was way yeah, better. The fact that he's like, okay, I was wanting you to ask me about this. You haven't. I'm just going to talk about it anyway. Yeah, no. Well, he, they said, do you want to add anything else? That's what the, that's what the last <laughs> question was too. No, that that was uh, you need people to speak up, speak yeah. the truth, and like none of this. I'm too. I'm, there was talking the side side his forum of like doing a GoFundMe to put money in to pay for his fine. I would chip into that. Well, that's, that's uh, Rodgers mentioned it. Rodgers yeah. is just like, hey, let's get a thing around the league because if if MLS sees that every like the, everyone around the league will pay this guy's fine, whatever it is, however big or however small, just raise the fine so they can get more money. No, but it will send a statement that, like, look, the, yeah. the, the, the supporters, the fans won't put up with this poor officiating. And MLS has poor officiating. Oh, it does. Like, it, it's not... Even it, at VAR level. Yes. The, 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 for World the most Cup part... VAR, on the most part, good. Yeah. MLS, VAR... Very poor. Different world. Yeah, very poor. It's like... Although better than how it worked in England, but still. Yeah. So let's get to the other games. Uh, yeah. Orlando. Wait, oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Agus is the, he's former American international. He is the VP of competitions for MLS. Oh, yeah. so he's the guy that does all That's the, who's going to be dragging. I mean, Robo has spoken up as well. So it isn't just Petke that. No, that there, are, there up, have been other but, ones. But yeah. he hasn't used expletives or no. said drain my bank account. I would love him to though. 
anyone that swears goes up in my book. I was swearing watching the highlights of Colorado Houston. That was boring as hell. So let's <laughs> just quickly move on. That was nil nil. At least it was good that Houston clean sheet for Tim Howard. Yeah. Well, you wanted to have a laugh at. It's not a Western Conference game, but you wanted to have a laugh at. Oh Orlando yes, and Orlando and TFC. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> I just wanted to laugh at TFC there. Okay, so Atlanta, Seattle. No, <laughs> can Ottawa beat TFC? Yes, they is, can. Is that just too? Is, I mean, TFC. I don't think they'll risk their, their because because I think because I think the TFC uh, TFC the TFC TFC will um, want to not risk because they I, th- I believe they think they can still make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure they probably they have could to, if they, You have to believe that. Yeah, they're so, 11 points, though, off Montreal. Yeah, they're, they're two they're games pretty, in hand. Yeah. But that, that, I mean, I've all the whole time I've said I think they can. Yeah. That gap is getting, getting wider bigger now. Yeah. But 11 points in MLS, that's a f- four games. Yeah. You could literally. You could turn yeah. But there's so many teams above them. That's now what the problem is. That you, you're relying on all these teams to drop points. And that's just simply not going to happen when it's East v. East. So teams are going to pick points up. So uh, speaking of draw points, two oh, games yes, today. Eastern teams. Uh, t- uh, two games today. Oh. Seattle, El- Atlanta, 1-1. I watched the second half of the second half live and then watched a bit of the I didn't watch it in the Seattle game. I watched most of the Portland. Yeah, I watched the second half of that as well. But the Sounders were lucky. Obviously, we play them next Saturday. They've started to improve. They've started to get the odd result here and there. But 19, giving up 19 worrying. shots to Atlanta. Yeah, nineteen. But they only let in one goal. Fry was outstanding for them. He's been outstanding in a few games recently. I already feel that's a narrative coming out of the game next Saturday. Do they have a midweek cup match? Because I know Portland has. Or they? I I haven't following you as open. Oh, I didn't even know that was midweek for them. Because Portland Ah. Portland plays in LA in the in the cup in the midweek. Oh, I don't know. Record crowd though for Atlanta: seventy-two thousand two hundred forty. How do they get more people? They. Open up more seats because they, they sold it I last year. I think it was year. like Russia. They just had the, these folks sitting on the outside. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> but their last game of the weekend, it was another nil-nil. LAFC in Portland. It was a good match. Though. It was entertaining, even though there was no goals. It wasn't bad. Watching it, though, I just... Maybe it's just because I was in a downer after yesterday, but I just feel the caps are not at the level of some of these teams... Maybe if they're playing, all the players are playing at their peak, they are. Because you saw them yesterday not play at yeah. their levels. And and you saw teams where there was a little bit more clicking in yeah, terms of being... Yeah, they can rarely fire on all cylinders all yeah. the time. That's the problem. And like these teams, when they have an off day, other players step up. When our key guys, Kamara, Davies, Reyna, have an off day, no one seems to step up. But that is it for the Whitecaps chat anyway. We're going to be back in part three with a look at the brilliant World Cup. Hey, it's Ivan Runovich, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. From Russia with love, I fly to you, much wiser since my goodbye to you, I've traveled the world to From Russia with love. We're off. I don't know what Zach's pointing at. 
he thinks our mics are off, but he's just turned the sound on his headphones down. <laughs> no, it's, it's because I don't have the the silver thing. The <laughs> tip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was it's red, so I thought it was oh. off for a second. Sorry. Anyway, you're back listening to the AFT. From Russia with show. Love. Yes, on CITR Radio. <laughs> Did I talk World Cup in this part? It's over for another four years. It's going to be tough well, to... It's four tough and a half. To, yeah, to four and a half, that's right. Yeah. It's going to be tough to uh, get through the summer. I know. I don't know, I don't know how I'm meant to go to work with no football to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially the mornings. Yeah. And maybe the mornings go, well, uh, Well, you know, there's nothing. there was something on, actually. I, I've loved it. Like 64 matches, 169 goals. That's a lot. 2.64 per game. At two short of tying the all-time record of 171. I thought we were going to get it in the final today, the way the teams were going. 12 own goals, which was a record, and Gold, also won the Golden, golden boot. boot. Yep. Did it actually win the Golden Boot? Did they give it to the own no, goals? No, own goal. Oh, the God. Irish guy, <laughs> he won the Golden Boot. Previous record was six in 98, so yeah. they doubled the own goals. Now The last time France won. I, I don't know what you even put that down to. That's just bizarre. They might have well, goals. the packed penalty areas with everyone defending so tight. There was a lot of set so piece deep. goals as well, so maybe it's just number, all coming from and set some pieces. Of, number of the own goals were, or at least some of them were on set pieces. Yeah, twenty nine penalties awarded, twenty two of them were scored, including one today. Seventy six percent. Messi and Ronaldo were two of the players that missed penalties, so that was fun. France led the tournament with four clean sheets, and a dodgy keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Quite amazing, really. I mean, your thoughts on the overall tournament? We, we talked about it uh, a few weeks back, about where we thought it maybe ranked overall and some of our favourites. Where does it rank for you now that it's finished? Very low. <laughs> oh, only because Germany. Says the German says. It says the German and Costa Rican yeah, supporter. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, by the way, I meant to mention at the start, Joe Deasy's uh, son, Declan, actually scored more points than you in the AFTN <laughs> World Cup draft. Wait, what, what, what was the final? What was the final? Oh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Uh, did, did, I, I, did, forgot, I didn't have a chance to tweet it out today. Um, you did win, Michael. Oh. And, and, and what was the difference between the our show and the... Oh, uh, we had we got 195 points. They got 141 points. So you're nine, <laughs> you're nine points that you... We got 191. 195. He scored, 195. And he scored nine of those. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, well, well, well if you guys had more, if you guys had more fully explained, me, me and you got a combined 186 points. <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard me on CBC on Friday's. Act. Oh, I haven't listened to it. I saw you post it. I yeah, they it. they asked what my tips were for picking in World Cup pools, <laughs> yeah. and I said pick with your head, not your heart. <laughs> and I was wanting to expand into explaining about you, but I thought they're probably not going to care. Oh, that's hilarious. No, uh, hey, thanks for being my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks for helping us over the line. I'm just glad my preseason pick actually won for once. Yeah, you you got the overall winner. I got second and third, so yeah. I'm quite chuffed with that. I got groups. <laughs> <laughs> bottom of the group stage, oh. I think, three, three or four. <laughs> you had five teams and neither none of them made the knockout stage. I know, but three or four of them came bottom of the yeah, I had Saudi Arabia and Panama and who they got points scored for you, more yeah. points than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, Saudi Arabia scored as many points as Germany. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. yeah. Three, three each, points. Three each. Um, okay, let's get to the Yeah, sorry. Totally what did I think of the tournament? It, yeah. w- it was it's right up there in the top three for me, I think. Yeah, I, I agree that, with that. That I've watched. Uh, yeah, obviously it's tainted for me. Yeah. But uh, it, it was pretty good. I, I, it would have been for me. Because like, for me, like, f- even in, the, I guess, 
France was good, but they weren't like they weren't dominant, no. right? Like no. they weren't like but it was good that there was no one that was dominant because you didn't know who was going to win it. You didn't know who was going to get to the, the final. Thing no, is, no, the but thing like, is, out of all the teams, France knew how they needed to play, and they played exactly that way. They seemed to find a spurt when they needed yeah. it against Argentina today against Croatia. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. Like you, like Croatia dominated Argentina. In the, in the, in the you know, Croatia like dominated their group really, right? Yeah. Like you know, like yeah. there, like Fran- so, France wasn't overwhelming. In, no, in, they were know, they like, were ratcheting up basically. And the thing is, if you, you, we talk, we'll talk obviously talk about today's game. The thing is, Croatia in the knockout stages, they played an extra game because they had yeah. three yeah. go to extra time. That's thirty minutes each. That's ninety minutes right yeah. there. I, we uh, talked last week that they looked uh, dead on their feet. I, I didn't think they were going to beat England. No. They, they surprised with that. Oh, oh we knew they were going to beat England. Well, no, you guys, you guys <laughs> wanted them to beat England. Well, there can was I, no. Can I just thank everyone that sent messages inquiring how my asshole was after that that game. It was fine. No, a uh, question for you though: If the England national team. Supported Scottish independence. Would you support them? Oh no! Oh, okay. still no. <laughs> I bet you a bunch of them do support yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, no, but I don't know. I, I just I would have felt better if Croatia had won. I love the surprise. I, I agree with that. I, I, I would even the, have given I, up my pick for to see Croatia win because yeah. I wanted to see somebody different win. Although yeah. France has only won it once before, it's still nice to see somebody different win, especially such a small country. Well, I thought it was a good final. I yeah. mean, it, it was either going to be cagey with neither. Oh, I'm, I'm it glad have, it turned out yeah, this way instead of. It could have been the, Denmark, France. Yeah, that would have been horrible. Uh, uh, the, okay, so we're going to talk about today? Yeah. Uh, those first two goals for France, to me, I, I, I don't think they. One, the first one to me was not, was not a foul, was not a free kick. That should not have been given. I, I, I didn't really. I didn't think the, the ref was great today. Uh, no. And, and then. I'm so sorry for Manduzic. 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 Yeah. Because you love him, because he scored against England. Yes. Um, but no, and then he uh, the one like so they had previously in the tournament. That they I think they talked about this broadcast or whatever today. Uh, but previously in the tournament, they had set kind of the standard for VAR really high. Yeah. yeah. Like it has to be clear and obvious. Yeah. And to me, the uh, the ball to hand, hand to ball on Perisic for the for the second French goal. Was not clear and obvious to yeah. me. I, I think agree with I think that. I think you can argue either way that his hand is in a natural position. Yeah. Matuidi misses the header and he has no chance to move his arm. So if you can argue either way, then it, it should, shouldn't have been it, reviewed. It should. Oh no, no, no. It, no. Should, it should be looked at by the the guys in the room. Yeah, they should. But they it. should not have called the referee in over but, because by doing that they were saying you got it wrong. You need to look at it. No, and I. Yeah. But I do think that the ref, this referee, if he had seen it in uh, while it was playing, I think he would have called the penalty. I think he would have called a penalty if he had seen it. Uh, like maybe because he gave a he gave a free kick for that yeah. that pseudo foul on on Griezmann. I know you don't think the the ref had a good game today. I felt for him though making that decision because whatever decision he made, someone well, was going to like right. go after him for it. So ultimately, I think it was the people in the booth in yeah, Moscow. They hung him out. They 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 did not do their job. They did not live out their mandate. And then he walked away, and then he goes back, and you you know he's playing it over in his head. It's like, oh, should I give this? Should I not? Um, if I if I give it, and it's a big turning point, then the Croatia fans will crucify me. If I don't give it, and it's a turning point, the French fans will crucify me. So maybe he's like, do I want to go to Paris or split next? Yeah, <laughs> he chose Paris. Yeah. I've been to Paris, been to Dubrovnik, preferred Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik, yeah. Um, so I, I felt France was very fortunate on those two goals. 
However, their other goals were were they were full value for them. Yeah, and if, and if their keeper wasn't so dodgy, they would only let in yes. one goal. Yeah. It was in a team. That was a horrific. Yeah. The Croatia goal was great. The opening Croatia goal was yeah. great. Yeah, it, great to see Canada represented at the final as well. You're talking with the flag. Oh no! That yeah, there was a flag behind the goal. <laughs> I, w- I was meaning BC play security were clearly. Oh. <laughs> that was uh, pussy that w- riot. Yeah, love me some pussy riot. Yep. When they ran on the pitch, I'm saying to Caitlin, they're wearing some kind of like police or army uniforms. It's really weird. And then they had worn a police uniforms from a picture of a guy that was murdered 11 years ago, an artist and oh, okay, writer okay, and sure. stuff. Yeah. But because initially, before I knew it was that, I'm saying to my wife, why would you spend all that money? And then get kicked out at the start of the second half. Yeah, they, were making, they were protesting. They, yeah. they, were, they were probably snuck in. They could have been snuck in too. They no. Maybe they no, they could. So, yeah, somebody, who, who somebody. Knows, but, yeah, you never know. Uh, Actually, maybe you're right, Steve. Yeah. Maybe they had to go to disguise because the, the security might have been told, watch yeah. out for these people. I, I don't, I would not have liked to have been them in the aftermath away from the cameras. I don't think that will have gone well for them. But, well, but there's such public figures there. That can they be that? Well, they've been in, they've been put in prison already, so right. But can put in prison is one thing, but yeah, yeah, roughed roughed up really bad is another. France for me, I mean, were, were they worthy winners on the day? On the day, I say they were. And I, I would overall, I, I, I give sixty forty for the day, but I say overall for the tournament because they were solid the way all the way through. They weren't like you said; they weren't dominant, but they were solid. Compared to other teams, I'd say they were about 70% worthy through the whole tournament. I thought Belgium were more worthy, but Belgium couldn't beat France. So ultimately, that's what it was. That was one of the most disappointing games of the tournament. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Are they worthy? Sure. Like, yeah. They they won on the day. Uh, There's probably other teams that would have been more disappointed had they won. So in that sense, it's not it's not the end of the world. The one thing I appreciated because I had some friends, friends, uh, French friends, message me, of course. And so the one thing I was really happy to point out is like at least the scoreline can always remind you of how many World Cups Germany has and how many France has. And we were going to talk anyway about the multiculturalism of the the French team, but we got a, a good tweet from John O'Flynn at John O'Fly on Twitter. He said Cameroon, Angola, Nigeria, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Mali, Guinea, and Senegal, all represented by this French team. By I, birth, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd read it was 16, but he's got a list of 15 here. 15 or 16 anyway. Well, it could have been two pl- from one. Yeah, it could be. 15 or 16 of the players were immigrants to the country, some of them quite recent as well. And it just it shows you how multiculturalism can help teams and can help countries and it's not bad as people are always wanting to point out. Thankfully, there wasn't any violence in France. They were a bit worried that there might be a terrorist attack with so many people yesterday and today and last week for the celebrations as well. Didier Deschamps, winner in 98 and now a manager winner in 2018. So that's a nice story. Follows in the footsteps of Franz Beckenbauer and Mario Zagallo. And Kylian Mbappe. Yeah, breakthrough tournament. Could be, depending on how, if he keeps yeah. rising. It doesn't read the headlines. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on him. I think the commentator said something about he has to keep his feet in the ground. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Alphonse he's talking about. Yeah. How good is this kid going to be? He's 19. Are we going to talk? If he keeps the upward trajectory. 
And he, obviously, it's easy to derail. Yeah, he could make it to Alfonso Davies status. You think? think yeah, possible. Sure. Is he being protected? <laughs> he he. So that one of the things he has that you, you it's hard to teach. hard to prepare for. You can't teach it. You, you know, you have it or you don't. Is pace. Like yeah. he is so fast. Yeah, we and he knows what to do with the ball most of the, the time. Middle. Yeah, he's just, and and obviously he can finish. Yeah. Like he's got skills as well. He's not just fast. Are we going to talk about him in the same kind of things like Messi and Ronaldo in years to come? See, that's the thing is you can lose pace. You can get kicked so many times. You can get yeah. injured and you lose that. So if that if that kind of stuff happens to him, then we'll see how deep his skills are, if you will. Um, and that, that that I think will be a determining factor in, in, in what his overall impact in the game long term is. Yeah. Um, but I, you, you hope for the guy. I agree with you. Well. He's a guy with pace. He can finish. And that's a deadly combination. The, yeah. the other thing for him is uh, where he's going to go and what he's going to do, right? Because he went from Monaco yes. to PSG and now there's, there's rumors a, that he's going to Real Madrid. Uh, yeah. Real wants to, re, re, you know, he's he'll be Ronaldo's replacement for them and stuff and whatever. So he's got some decisions to make. And that'll be I, interesting. I think he should go to PSV Eindhoven just to <laughs> help his development. <laughs> um, well, how about the Croatian guys? There, a lot of them are yeah. older. Um, Modric. I think Modric um, ha- was one of the best players. He, for he, the he won the golden ball, yeah. right? He, he was mine as well. He won the golden yeah, ball, he, yeah. He was the player of the tournament for me. It, he, rained, it rained really hard there. Good. It was like the heavens opened up. And Tell you what, though. How long they kept I those know. players on the That's pitch. That's unbelievable. Especially the Croatian players. They're heartbroken. They just want to get off that pitch. And you kept him hanging around forever. And then, yeah, the heavens opened and it was like, only Putin has an umbrella over him at first. I, I, like, I, only I, I Putin don't, gets umbrellas. Like, uh, what, what, what they should do is allow these guys to just step off the pitch. They have a big like staging area yeah. right there where they come out onto the pitch. Let them stand there for a bit while yeah. France celebrates. Why do they have to be... The, the, the point is, is, I don't even care if they're watching them. Why do they have to keep putting the cameras on these guys while they're watching them? They're, what do they expect to see? Yeah. But I mean, end of an era for a lot of these Croatian guys, probably. Yeah. And you well, felt... Th- it took 20 years for them to well, yeah. replicate what happened in 98. The, the, no, they didn't replicate. They did one better. One better, you're right. But that, that team in 98 felt like a team of the ages. Yeah. Oh, it and did. it's been a generation. You've got another Balbin, team. Yeah. Shuker, yeah. But we're going to have World Cup wavelength now. And we're going back to 1998. I just thought this was a nice little tie-in. It's an English World Cup song from 1998. It's by Grandad Roberts and his grandson Elvis. And this is Meat Pie, Sausage Roll. Elvis! The atmosphere's bobbing. Scrub that tambourine. All right, Dad, let's kick a good beat. Sausage 
Granddad Roberts okay, and his grandson. We heard enough Elvis. of him saying it. We don't need you to repeat yeah, it. Yeah, please don't repeat <laughs> that. I, I know again. that was an absolutely dreadful song, but I've just wanted but to play it. But I chose it. to play it anyway. Yeah, it's World Cup wavelength. Man. Wavelength, babe. Ne- next week. I know I said the, babe. St- <laughs> next week we're back to football violence month, so don't worry about that. Are you serious? Yeah. You got more? Oh, I've got. Oh, I have so many songs about football violence. Wait, like ones we can actually play on the air? I have some songs about football violence. <laughs> okay, so let's do some World Cup rapid fire. Yeah. Match of the tournament. France, Argentina. I still think Spain, Portugal might oh. just nick it for me. No, I'm going to go France because there was a winner. I'm going to go France, Argentina mm. still. Germany, Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only one. <laughs> Player of the tournament. Luka Wait, no, no. Okay, no. Oh. Game, game of the tournament. Um, I'll go uh, Belgium, Japan. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Oh, was, yeah, that was, yeah. I was it, jumping about Yeah, that, that was yeah. a crazy tur- turnaround. I, I was speaking to, this was just before I'd, I had done, I would name dropping, I had done a show with Gloria Makarenko on CBC. <laughs> um, and they, the researcher was telling me Japan were winning, so they sent all these folk to some Japanese bar and <gasps> the time they got there, <laughs> they just got in the door as Belgium scored the winner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh, play the tournament we kind of covered Luka think, Modric I, th- for me, I think it's Luka Modric it's hard just to find it Antoine Griezmann made yeah. a good impact no way but he scored a lot no of his from way. the penalties four goals two assists <laughs> three three penalties yeah. and one okay. dropped into the net by Muslera I think Mbappe was better than him and I yes. think even Conte even though I'm surprised oh. he was subbed out after Conte was the guy that made the French team tick for me yeah. I think he got subbed off because of that early yellow was it? I I think they I think they thought he was going to get. He him. moved. He especially in the Belgium game. He made De Bruyne move all over the pitch. Yeah, like De Bruyne would, was sometimes in the middle, sometimes right, sometimes left because he was trying to get away. De Bruyne, from De Bruyne, whatever. Yeah. T- 
team of the tournament. Now, it could be the one that gave you the most feels, as the kids say. Team or, of the tournament? Yeah, or the best playing team or whatever whatever criteria you want I, to I, go I, for. I still, even though they didn't even make the knockout stage, I loved Senegal the way they played. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like the way they played. If only they could have kept track of fair fair play points. I I enjoyed Belgium. <laughs> I don't think they were concerned about it during the third during the game. Stuff. Yeah, I don't think that it might next time round. Yeah. But Belgium, keep your shirts on. Belgium <laughs> just sneaks it from Senegal for me. Can I you think. imagine the yeah, they're, they're, they're going to have a fair play coach, <laughs> assistant coach? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like it's hard not to think Belgium, Croatia. Uh, I think those two. Yeah, very entertaining. How do you feel Russia worked out as hosts? I think they were pretty they took, excellent. They took care of the hooligans big time. So, <laughs> yeah, we talked about, was it last week or whenever? We, we, I can't remember where the weeks all blend together. But I, I, they they were fine as hosts. You have, I haven't heard of many problems. No. Um, I, I, I Like I talked about, we talked about the Russia game when they got eliminated there. Just their atmosphere was kind of one note and one and one yeah. blend, one, one, one flavor of support that's not really my f- – Personal flavor support. Well, it was a bit like when the US hosted in '94 yeah. because I was at the US Switzerland game and they only had one song. USA, USA. They only have what's the other one? So okay, so but but, but the other, but the other thing was is that rapid fire World Cup. Question. Oh, I'm so, oh, I'm sorry. Um, the the other thing was unlike the Euro in in France two years ago. Yeah, this is the other thing which I which was dominated by Russians in the streets. No, yes. okay, no, 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 no. But sorry, in terms of the support, yeah. one of the things you saw there, and the associations helped make this happen uh, there. But like they did, they did displays. Like yeah. a, a number of countries did displays. Yeah, this one there was only one. Dis- one oh, sorry, there's two things I, I can remember that were large scale. One was Russia's opening game. They allowed them to do like a, a Russian flag mosaic with a word banner, but it was so small. And then today there was a bit of a small overhead. I think it was with the French. I can't remember now. Um, but so I was really disappointed in in that aspect of things, especially as the World Cup will be coming here to Canada. And for me personally, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is how can we, as Canadians, for the games that Canada is going to play, how can we visually support the Canadian team in ways that are special, maybe even unique or at least meaningful? Because yeah. you got to cut through. There's a bunch of FIFA red tape you have but to cut through. That's eight years away. I'll be too old to get a stick up. Yeah, true. And uh, anyways, even so, with medication. So Fran- the Euro a couple years ago was encouraging because there were so many different types of displays done. And I'm just hoping that uh, the CSA will be able to make it possible for us to do something significant when when the World Cup's here. I thought the stadiums were great because no railings that we know of fell <laughs> fell on anyone. <laughs> um, we're seeing more parity in the World Game. Previous powerhouses, let's just let's pick Germany as an example. Had an off tournament. Aren't what they used to be. Oh, please. They had an off, off tournament. Well, I was going to ask you that. Is oh, okay, this, so who, is, who's... This a, is it a blip oh, yeah. in an off tournament, or is this a new world order that we're no, seeing? No, it's, it's for the World Cup, it's a blip. The, the, the thing for Germany will be they've kept jo- Joachim Löw. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if what happens at the Euro for him. Love if, will tear you apart. If, if the Euro doesn't go well, or he hasn't learned from some of the errors he's made and squad selection choices he made, if he hasn't learned from them from the Euro, he'll be done at the end of the Euro. Well, the Nations Cup gets underway, I think, in 56 days, so that's the there start of... Well, I, I think France right now should fire their coach and uh, retire I was gonna half say, their players. I was going to say, we should all go out and put money on France not getting out of the group <laughs> at the next World Cup. Every chance. Well, the next World Cup's Qatar, 2022. Now, it's four and a half years, so maybe that six months makes yeah, a difference. This now, is the longest, longest break between yeah. World Cups. We now know the dates. Yeah. Yeah. All the games. 
So we had 64 games yeah. in this World Cup. Assuming they don't increase to 48, which now seems... Ludicrous. Yeah, because they're playing this tournament in 28 days. Yeah, the shortest ever, I think. Yeah. For that, that long of a tournament. You're going to have four games a day, I guess, in the group stages. That's the only way I can see it working. Because you have to give players time to recuperate. But, I mean, everyone's talked about it's going to be a disaster. Folks said that about Russia, and it wasn't. Can Qatar 22 be a success? If can, I mean, but, oh, sorry, no, sorry. It's hard, it's going to be, sorry, I think for a number of people, it's going to be hard to call it a success when you know how many people died building these stadiums. Like, <laughs> like no, seriously, like that, like, it, yeah. it feels wrong in one sense, right? It does. Uh, I still have this little thing that they're going to get it stripped from them. I don't know. Something's going to happen that they're going to get it stripped. Which then also makes those deaths tragic in a different sense. Yeah, it's even more tragic. But we're going to be back in part four talking about something way more happier, which was Canada in the 1986 World Cup. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN podcast. Vancouver band, the Courtney's there. Great song. Lost Boys. Bit like the Whitecaps and some of these recent defeats. <laughs> but we're not going to talk any more Whitecaps. We're going to continue a little bit of World Cup talk to kick off this section, but we're going way back in time to 1986. The one and only time that Canada made it to the big show. Mexico 86, Canada were there. But I had a great chat to... With Dale Mitchell, one of the, the players that was over in Mexico with Canada in 1986. Armed, of course, with my trusty Panini album. We had a little look through it, pointing at folk and how funny they looked. Because what's, in, what's an interview without a Panini album? Exactly. It's, I, I don't know how you're going to do it next day I, in the future. I, I don't know. I was just messaging Dolly about your, uh, your, your request for... Awesome. Uh, that would yeah. be fantastic. He's got to sort that out for you. Brilliant. So we're going to hear now from Dale Mitchell. One thousand to one, all the odds they're giving us. A lot of them are in for a surprise. We've got a mighty team that no one else has seen. The stars of Canada are on the rise. So Dale, we're just kind of looking at the the squad of '86 just now. Does that bring back some some fond memories for you? Oh, absolutely. You know, it was. Um it was a great time in our life. It was uh, a good group of guys, very, uh, very close-knit, um, similar backgrounds, most all of the players. Most of us were playing in North America, in the North American Soccer League. And I think that was a big key to the team qualifying, is that for maybe four or five years before qualifying, we were all playing in the NASL and getting a game regularly. We had a good Olympics in, in 84. I think that gave us some momentum going into the qualifying. And we took that into the qualifying, and uh, it wasn't certainly wasn't easy. 
there was challenges along the way like the NSL folding during the process of us qualifying which is was a big challenge but we had enough to to uh, to get it done you know with uh, Tony was a was a great leader and this is a really good group of guys that were all playing in similar environments and yeah we you know the key is getting the results and and uh, we were able to narrowly get the results that you need to get there. That, that group, the 84 Olympic team, the 86 World Cup team, obviously goes down as probably the best group of players in Canadian soccer, or at least with what they've achieved. Now, you've obviously then managed uh, at national level as well. Do you feel that has been the best group of players, or have players since maybe just not been lucky or not got the breaks? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. I'm, I'm always, if I get that question, I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of biased to this group yeah. of guys. But I also know that being, an, I had six goes, I think, at trying to qualify. Four as a player, one as an assistant coach, and one as a head coach. And I know that there was a lot of good players in all of those teams. And it wasn't like we didn't have good teams either. You know, the key is just getting the results. That, that's just the key. Um, it sometimes comes down to little things. Um, sometimes you're lucky, and and sometimes you know you play well and you draw. Sometimes you play well and you lose by a goal, and those results aren't enough. You know you have to win matches, and that's what we've just not been able to to do uh, since. But obviously we're all optimistic about what could happen in the future. Now, when when you look at the three games, the close defeat you held France nil nil to solely on, and then two nil defeats in the last two games and the Russia one has obviously kind of paid to everything but when you look back at that whole experience what, what do you take from it what's your favourite memories from it yeah I mean it's you know I think it becomes once you're there it becomes sort of your personal story and I mean there's certain guys played all three games I had an injury just you know about a year before the World Cup and I was kind of in a race to, to, to get myself ready to play and um, get back to the form I was in, which was was pretty good form in '84 and '85. So I only ended up playing in the final game. But I mean, the team was we were we were close, you know. I mean, the the first game they they scored, France scored pretty early. The second game was disappointing because un- unfortunately we had a player sent off pretty early in the game, you know. And and we saw we actually saw Hungary get beat pretty badly by Russia in game one. So you know we felt like maybe we had a chance against those guys, and then. We had somebody sent off, and then you're down to 10 players for probably, I don't know what it was, 60, 70 minutes or something. That game's gone, and you know as you go into the third, I mean, that's the way it is in a World Cup. And you have two games, uh, and you lost both, then, you know, it's, it's, the tournament's basically over for you. When, you. when you think about, like, being in Mexico for that tournament, not so much the games that you played in, but the whole experience, what, what did you get much of a chance to explore the country, or what are your non-playing memories from that tournament? Yeah, we were a little isolated because we, our group was, uh, we were in two cities, uh, Lyon and Irapuerto, so we weren't actually in Mexico City. Obviously, there was a lot of hype and interest around Mexico, and they were in Mexico City. Hugo Sanchez was their center forward. They had a very good World Cup. They had a very good team at that time. Um, so that's where a lot of the, the hub was, uh, was around Mexico City. We were a bit isolated. Um, and so it maybe didn't have even the atmosphere of, say, like before, we had been to Azteca for qualifiers. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah, we've been to Azteca for qualifiers, and you know, Jerry Gray scored against them uh, when we were trying to qualify for the '82 World Cup in 1981 or, or 1980, I think it was, and there was 90,000 at Azteca. So, 
we were we were a little bit isolated and I'm sure that the way World Cups are now that all cities would have a lot of the hype and pageantry around them that maybe we were missing a little bit back in 86. Just the last thing, obviously you would never have expected this team to be the only Canadian team to have got there. You probably never expected Canada is going to be hosting a, a World Cup, which we are in 2026. What do you think that's going to do for the game here? This didn't maybe do for the game what people were hoping for. What's the chance for this World Cup that's coming up to do for the game? Well, you know, I, I look at it sort of, it's, it's a great, it'll be a great event. You know, because we've, we've shown before we can host great events, under 20 World Cup, Women's World Cup. FIFA, I mean, part of the reason it's coming here to this part of the world is that FIFA know that in the U.S. and Canada and Mexico, they're going to do a great job of hosting it. Um, you know, I'm, I, ho- I hope that it coincides with a successful launch of the CPL. Because the thing that these guys here, when I look at the, that picture, all got was an opportunity to play in the NASL. And we got it because we played with a safety net. And that safety net was, you had to have two North Americans on the field. And at the time, we were as good as, I mean, if you look at the results in the 70s and 80s, we we probably outperformed the US. So, I mean, some of these guys were playing, myself included, we were playing as North Americans in American cities. You know, some guys were playing in Portland, Chicago, Tampa, where, you know, Ian Bridge was in Seattle. So... But we got a chance to play because you had to have two North Americans on the field. Even though it doesn't sound like a lot, most all of these guys benefited from that rule that is not in existence in MLS. You know, you can, okay, you have a quota of how many guys you can sign, but when it comes to actual playing time, um, you know, it's, it's a different ball game. And if you give any coach the opportunity, he's going to pick his best team no matter where the players come from. So I'm hopeful that the CPL is going to be about Canadian players. It's going to be about young Canadian coaches. And those guys getting the opportunity, it's going to help them, them to prepare and put a good show on when the World Cup comes here. That's great. Thanks so much for your time, Derek. Who can lay down odds on the hearts of 11 men? Oh, Canada, our hearts are ringing true. We won for you before and we'll win for you again. Oh, Canada, we'll proudly play for you. That was like a, a bonus wavelength for everyone because that was Canada's 1986 World Cup song. Hopefully it improves. Yeah, hopefully the 40 <laughs> years pass and the 2026 one will be a little bit better. Who knows? Get Arcade Fire to do it. That would be fantastic. But yeah, Dale Mitchell there talking about the World Cup memories from 1986. And it is weird looking through that Panini sticker album. I, I've talked about this before. It's like when I was a little kid collecting these stickers and now I'm like, regularly talking to a number of these guys it's just it's, a bit it's surreal. surreal yeah is it weird because he signed on two stickers yeah I, i'm starting a, a project <laughs> he, must have, he must have an issue with paul dolan then. possibly a beef yeah basically got dale mitchell to sign his sticker um and he signed over paul dolan's sticker as well but <laughs> I, I don't think there's any any harm done i think we can still get dolly underneath but I'm wanting to do a kind of project where i speak to all the guys in the thing get them to sign their sticker and then then pose with it so have that in time for the 2026 World Cup, maybe. We'll see. But he did talk there about the importance of the Canadian PL and how this is a chance now to get these guys ready and regularly playing. Oh, for sure. But the interesting thing that I thought he said there was in the NASL days, Canadians could play in America as domestics. Oh, yeah. So all these guys were playing because you had to have... This a Garber made up. You had to have a set number of North Americans playing. And 
we'll talk about the CPL in part five, but there's going to be a quota for Canadians on the pitch and that as well. But um, we'll come to that in part five, as I said. Quickly, just finish this section with a chat about TSS Rovers. They rounded up their PDL season on Wednesday night. I wore a lot of hats on Wednesday I was going to say, highlight of the night from uh, O'Flynn uh, on Twitter there was your... Uh, PA announcing. Your PA announcing, yeah. yeah. I was doing the colour commentary, yeah. PA announcing, and because the PA announcer had bailed just before the, the game, they had no one to play music. So you did Wavelength. So we had Wavelength live at Swan Guard. <laughs> that was a dream. Did you announce it that way? No. Oh. Something's a ping. <laughs> Fly screen. I didn't have any Goldie looking chain on CD. I'm going to have to get that for next season. On what? On CD. What's that? It's like a compact disc. A compact disc, compact isn't it? disc. Um, but the season itself. Was well, wait, was Joe Dizzy there? Yes, that was pre-birth. Oh, okay. He's looking quite chubby, but I don't <laughs> think he is as much now. But uh, yeah, the season, it, it, they had a lot of firsts. Yeah. They set a points total. Good so Wonderful They did not make the playoffs. But it, it was a good Surely step. Surely heads were roll at yep. the organization. Elms out. <laughs> it was a good step forward, though, I thought. It, it was. but it was. What, what place did they finish again? I don't Third? know there was games yesterday, so I haven't checked. Oh, okay. They were fourth. I think it's probably oh. going to be fourth. But I got a chance to speak to, to Colin Elms. You might have read some of this on AFTN, but here's the full audio interview as well. Just talking about the season and what he's learned. And he's got a couple of interesting things to say that he's looking to possibly bring to the team for next year. So here's Elmo. So, Colin, your second PDL season's over. Best PDL season today. I'm sure it's a little mixture of happiness, but also a little bit of frustration that you know this was maybe a team that could have done a little bit more, but at the end, just the road trip killed you and so some tough results towards the stretch, but still battling towards the end. This this division has always been very difficult. Uh, everybody seems to take points off of everybody else. I think with, with Calgary loading up, uh, getting ready for CPL, I think some of the other teams uh, reacted to that, uh, uh, built their squads a little bit stronger. We were clearly a stronger group again this year. Uh, um, but the reality is, is you know when when you when you have peaks and valleys and your performance uh like like young players tend to do um you know you got to kind of roll with those those moments and and yeah we we had a few uh you know middle middle of the uh, uh, season sort of woes there where we we just couldn't get much done and you know you 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 start slipping away fairly quickly but there you know we, we were in first place uh for a little while briefly um we were in second place in the division with no games in hand for many many weeks um managed to maintain ourselves uh, lots of firsts this year uh first point uh first win on the road uh first points on the road uh first clean sheet um we won a, a thing called the Wanda Fuca plate uh, which uh, which clearly made our Swan Guardians very very happy. Um, uh, there's been a real uh, with the CPL literally around the corner now. There's been a real focus uh, from from the players. You know, whereas last year it was kind of like this. What is, you know? What are you guys talking about? You know, now it's front and center, and and uh, um, it's been a lot of discussion about about how that's going to roll, how the draft out of the youth sport is going to roll, what 
what about the SFU players at, at the NCAA uh, setup and, and whatnot? And so, yeah, th this whole thing, if you look at the name of the league, it's, it's, it's Premier Development League, right? And, th and this whole thing has been geared towards, uh, as we like to say to these players, we hope that we'll never see you again. <laughs> And, and I think that, that as, this, as this thing progresses uh, towards the, the inaugural season of CPL, uh, which I understand is going to uh, kick off next April, um, there are a fair number of these guys that we will not see again. And so we've done our job uh, to, to, to that degree. You know, would we have liked to have finished higher in the, in, the, in, in the standings in the Northwest Division? Of course. Would we have liked to have won more games? Absolutely. Um, but these guys, even, even today in the second half, um, never gave up, right? Got hit on the counter for the third goal, which kind of killed us off. Uh, but they, 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 these guys have, you know, there's been, well, today in the first half for sure, but there's really been only two games where, where, where Willie and I have been, been disappointed in the overall kind of uh, um, uh, how they presented themselves and how they carried themselves throughout the, the 90 minutes. <laughs> The rest, you, you, you get some good luck, you get some bad luck. We should have won some penalties down in lane in both of the games. Um, uh, should have scored uh, uh, at least one, probably two in Victoria. Um, in our last game there, entered the, the penalty area like 25 times and barely uh, stretched their goalkeeper and stuff. And so, yeah, even in some of the some of the, the games that we've dropped all three points in, we've done we've uh, we've handled ourselves much better than we did last year. Last year there were a number of games where we were out of it by halftime. So, yeah. Well, just the last thing then. We'll delve into this in a lot more detail in the off season. But you learned a lot from year one to year two. What what's been your your main sort of learning points from the second season for you to take into to year three now? I think uh, you know if you look at you look at somebody like Calgary who who clearly is is as we said earlier loading up for for CPL you know they had a very senior player at the back uh, Tommy Wilden's uh, brother uh, who's yeah he's in his thirties but uh, um, clearly still a player uh, that 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 is effective at this level and to have somebody uh, in that area of the park that would. Uh, 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 allow us because it's 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 ruthless back there right you know you, you've got three young guys I think our oldest player there you know Skinner's a 99 for crying out loud right and uh, Connor's a 96 and uh, and uh, Danilo's a 98 um, you you get somebody in there with a little bit of experience that can steer things and calm things down and and organize the players uh, from the back. I think that's uh, that's something that we're we're going to seriously look at for next year. It's difficult though getting somebody to commit to playing PDL um, in 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 that you know that that age and and level of experience. But we're going to try to to make that work. And yeah, you know what? Just just uh, learning to to. Uh, um, manage the the group better manage the 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 game better you know we're learning as we go here as well right and and uh you know when we walk away from from this and you know sit down and have a beer you know as we say to our staff all the time first place you got to look is as at yourself right and so we'll sit down and look at what we could have done better to make this uh, uh um you know season roll a little bit more effectively you know, obviously there's a bunch of off-field stuff that that needs to be polished up as well just like last year um but yeah we, we'll uh, we'll spend some time here in the next little while kind of kind of 
coming up with maybe five or six main points on on how how we need to sort of steer this thing uh, for 2019. So that's great. Thanks so much, Colin. Been a blast as always, and we'll see you next year. Yeah, thanks so much, Mike. Colin Elms there talking about TSS Rovers season. It was entertaining. It was fun. Just, it was kind of a shame that Calgary had stacked their team so much because they just ran away with the division. So why was that a shame? Because it wasn't competitive. It's just other teams couldn't compete. And then because they ran away with it, a lot of teams like Portland and Lane, their guys quit mid-season and a lot of them left. So then they were weaker and yeah. One thing I do hope that they, they sort out for next year I spoke to Colin about this off camera as well. Is that they had such a they had a five game away stretch and they need to have the games better. So you're not just going on the road for so long. But I did like what he said about trying to bring in an experienced defender into the team. Uh, maybe Nick, he can Nick tempt Solzma of defence. Yeah, maybe he can tempt Jaden Merritt out of retirement. Yeah, he could still do it at PDL level. That's where he started. Hmm. But we'll see. It's hard to find these guys, I guess. Anyway, we'll be back with some Canadian PL chat and some BC Soccer Web headlines after this. Hi guys, I'm Aaron Mon. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. We're going to talk Canadian PL to kick this section off. Exciting times continue. Hamilton now officially have their team after us waiting two years for them to finally announce it. Again, not a huge fan of the name. Forge FC. It's because the I think steel works obviously. Yeah. Um, so, question for you about that? I've heard that there were a number of discussions about the team name for them. So, one of the other ones, I think, it was the one that was trademark was Founders FC. Yeah, that do you like that better? That would no, be worse. Yeah, that's worse. That would, okay. Yeah. Now, their their symbol is. I, I don't. I don't mind for I don't Hamilton mind for Academicals. There we go. Why can't we go for that? That's the Scottish Scottish name. Yeah. Um, a hammer with it, it, the symbol is a hammer with sparks flying out of it. Uh, there, it includes six bands on the handle that represent the six municipalities of Hamilton. That's lovely. Yes, I would be much more on board with these names if it was like Hamilton Forge, Calgary Cavalry. It's very North American of you there. Yeah, I, I'm almost blue, North American. Blue and white, blue and white army would be with you on that. I don't mind that they're a little but bit is different. It, will they maybe maybe will they say Forge City? No, Forge FC of Hamilton or something like that. Will like, that like, come like Winnipeg? Play? Winnipeg's logo has the Winnipeg on it, but they're yeah. actually called Valor FC. Yeah. yeah. I just I, it just seems hokey. It just it's like well, I, they could always adjust in down the road. This I read is, someone they need to be open to yeah, adjustments though. Someone read. Someone tweeted, and I can't remember who it was, otherwise I would name check them, but it feels very much like MLS 1.0. Kansas City Wiz, Dallas Burn. No, I thought that it's was way better than that. better than that, yeah. Are you, did you hurt yourself I there? Just hurt my foot. Oh. I was bending my toes, and they bent away they shouldn't bend. <laughs> okay. Um, I, what did you guys think? Of, their primary color is orange? Yeah. It's, what do you think? Well, it's not, it's, it's not just orange. It's orange, platinum, and white yeah. with a special black and gold jersey to be worn once per season. To tie in with the die cats. Yeah. And the, I think uh, I, so what do we, okay, so what does the league have? It's got green in York. It's got re- black and red and whatever. Calgary. Calgary. What's Halifax? Halifax blue is and white? blue and whitish. I think so. Ottawa? Well, Ottawa's red right now. Yeah, they'll probably stay red. Because, uh, yeah, they're Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, blue in Edmonton. Yeah. 
Uh, what's Valor? What color is that? They're kind of blue and gold too. I'm assuming yeah. because of the blue bombers thing. So, but a different blue than Edmonton for sure. And then what do you think Victoria will be? Purple. <laughs> it well, is the well, royal well, city. You have to see Victoria. Well, this is this week, right? Yeah, yeah. This week it'll be launched. Yeah. Yep, the Salish Seamen get launched on <laughs> Friday. I'm telling you, I've heard that's what it's going to be called. The voices in my head have told <laughs> yeah, me that's what it's going to be called, and they're going to play in purple. <laughs> but yeah, Victoria I, are launching their team. This I thought Friday. you would have gone with a different color there, but okay. White. Hmm. Um, Victoria launched a team on Friday. I'm heading over to it. Oh, sweet. Flying over by oh. helicopter. Are you serious? Yeah. Wait, Ooh. we're not getting paid enough, Steve. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won two years ago. Uh, two return trips to Victoria by helicopter. I never used them. Oh, so oh they're not expired or anything? They had, but then I used my Scottish charm oh. and they reinstated it. So Sweet. Yeah. Oh, good for you. So oh, Are you bringing Caitlin? No. <laughs> you look intrigued. So you could. <laughs> so you, one more person could come with you? Yeah, or I can keep it and use it for their, their home opener next oh, that's, year. That's a good idea. That's what I was kind of thinking. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Now, if you pay a little bit extra, they'll fly right to the middle of the pitch. Maybe. I might need to. Watch out for the hydropole. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's our Can- Canadian PL chat. I always want to say Canadian. Did you wait, did you watch the Hamilton feed? No. I watched part of it. It was Oh, actually, before we but one thing that came out of that, she gave me a weird look when I mentioned this previously. David Clanikin okay. mentioned that they're they're gonna oh, yeah. be mandating for six Canadian players on the pitch at all times. So if you sub one off, you have to sub another one on. Yeah, that would be, that's the first time I've heard that. So that's a little bit different. Similar to the Whitecaps rule in USL, yeah. but it was only six starters, so they yeah. could technically sub someone off after a minute. But <laughs> now it's got to be six at all times. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Mm. Um, they, he also, they're going to the, have, have to have an expanded bench then. So the sure. other thing he said, I think, I don't know if it was there or was in one of the articles that came in and around that time, was uh, so there will be eight teams. So they're after Victoria. There oh will be yeah, more. there was a couple of other things. And right? then they said there's 16 other communities yes. that have expressed interest to be involved in the, the years ahead. But the other thing that he mentioned as well was they've got a, a pool of about 200 Canadian players that they've been scouting, and they've got at least 20 minutes of footage for each player, yep. and that includes PDL, League One. I'm wondering if it's VMSL and they've used some of the footage that I've got up on YouTube because that would be cool. Your VAR footage? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. Your toes recovered. <laughs> BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. Make it part of your daily routine. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? Uh, one big uh, quick update. Uh, they, uh, they rescued the kids from the uh, the cave this earlier this week uh, on Tuesday. All yes. 13 were brought out. and So uh, only one guy died, right? Yeah, yeah the, the retired the diver. Yeah. Sea. Which the kids were told about yesterday. Because oh. yeah, they so had to wait till they were in a mentally uh, strong yeah. state. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they missed the World Cup final. 
They had to say no to. Oh. They, no, they they watched it though. I think. Yeah, no, but they, they, were, they were invited to go. To I rather, like I said before, when the invitation came out, let's get the kids out first, then we'll worry about whether they can. Yeah, but they it. got out and they said, but we they have make been, it because of medical reasons. Yeah, they ha- they are, have been invited for future. I think some teams invited yeah, they, they them. They get to go to, to Qatar. Yeah, <laughs> no, like uh, European uh, competitions or something. They've been invited. Uh, no, I heard they, they got invited to Qatar, and then when they get there, they're going to find out they're building the stadiums. Oh. Well, one thing I heard was one of the scuba divers or who who's helping out. He's actually from the Fraser Valley. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah he was getting. He's, he's got a, a business in Thailand for uh, uh, diving. Yeah. They also said they discovered the team because they didn't know where they were in the caves. They discovered them by smell. So that's great news if Cowden Beef FC ever get trapped in a cave. <laughs> You have to, you'll have to, if you don't understand that joke, you have to go back at quite a few episodes. Oh my god. <laughs> You need a Wikipedia page <laughs> for your, all your previous jokes. Oh, my God. What do they smell like again? They're dirty bad? and they're smelly. They come from near like Gailey. Right. They haven't got a telly. They're Cowden family. <laughs> the girls all have moustaches. No, no. Please, please stop. That's enough. That's please we got stop, it. We got it. Stop. Okay, so uh, I'll let the Zach uh, recover a little. Are we ready to go? Um, they all have dirty rashes. <laughs> <laughs> A nay expletive word ever washes the Cowden family. Only two verses. I told you we're not going to get two hours. <laughs> this is not dead air, by the way, if anybody's listening. We're just waiting for Zach to recover. <laughs> it's not happened yet. I would just keep going. I don't think he's going to recover. No, okay. But so see, at least this, all, all, all this stuff you could cut out, right? Afterwards. Oh, no. the, uh, sorry, I'm not laughing at the content. It's just, it's just, I don't know, Michael, you're hilarious. Thank you. Um, okay, so some quick uh, hits. Uh, Nigeria is flirting with a FIFA ban. Um, they're, they're having political infighting. <laughs> they're, um, they're, they're basically, one guy got, was elected. They've kind of said that he was corrupt. They got rid of him through the court systems and the government. They've appointed somebody else. FIFA doesn't like governments in no, interfering don't. with the federation. So there is a chance no, that something I mean, might happen They there. know don't. how dishonest and corrupt governments can be. Yeah. And they're like, there's no room for another <laughs> dishonest and corrupt organization. Don't tell people. people in BC that, that Nigeria is flirting with FIFA because then they'll want nothing to do with Nigeria. Yeah. <gasps> Ronaldo signs for Juventus from Real Madrid. We talked about that earlier. Hundred million, hundred million euros, four-year deal. But this some people on it, Italy are not happy. Fiat workers who kind of uh, have similar owners, the parent company. No, or not whatever. similar. They, they are the. There's one. Yes. There's one actual. Danielli family. Yeah, there's one um, uh, union that works in that particular factory that is not happy. So. They're apparently going to be walking out on Sunday, which is today. I'm not sure if they did it. And they were going to remain on strike until the following Tuesday. They just feel that it's not, they, you know, the guarantee of the future for a thousand people rather than enriching of one certain player. But a, a guy from Sheffield, uh, Hallam University, Rob Wilson, says Juventus is going to earn enough money through jersey sales and other stuff in order to make back all the money they spent on if, Ronaldo. If you want to know more about Daniele family, HBO did a... Uh a documentary in 2017 on on him. It's not a lot about football, but the football comes up in there. It's a really interesting documentary. They, they tweeted Ronaldo arriving at the airport during yeah. the World Cup final, to which Mike Martinego had retweeted it with like, "You've got two players playing in the World Cup final, and this is this is your big story. He's yeah. just arrived." Um. Well, nobody in Italy was probably paying attention to the World Cup at all. The whole World Cup. Well, no one watches Serie A yeah. anymore anyway. Oh, so I was going to see easy. Ronaldo. 
Sevilla is uh, denouncing a Spanish FA decision. Uh, the Spanish Supercopa used to be two legs. Now it will be just one leg. Uh, they're playing Barcelona. And it's actually being played in Morocco, in Tangier, Morocco. Yeah. Um, they basically feel like they're kind of changing this for the sake of Barcelona so they don't have to play as many games. It kind of takes a few games out of their schedule. This is an interesting story. Um, the chairman of the Confederation of African Football Disciplinary Committee, Raymond Hack, has detailed an unprecedented, unprecedented, oh, unprecedented. An act, action against 22 match officials on the continent. They're accused of various forms of taking bribes. Most of these were part of the Ghanaian um, investigations thing. Um, it was a documentary that was uh, we talked about it weeks ago. Uh, where they caught the Saudi Arabian guy that was going to go to the World Cup and uh, oh, yeah, was yeah. D- denied. Yes. Um, so that was that. Now, th- go ahead. Raymond Hack, that's the Russian guy. Is the, it? Hack doesn't sound Russian. Everyone's talking about Russian hacks. I thought. Oh, that okay, saying. gotcha. <laughs> well, that was in the news this weekend, you're right. Match fixing from 2017. Um, there were apparently a, t- a total of 397 matches which showed suspicious betting trends. All yeah. on the CSL. 30, <laughs> 32 of those were friendlies, including international friendlies. All games that I was commentating on and making comments for the people listening. But apparently there were 62 youth matches with signs of being fixed. which the is Dallas Cup. Oh, I was going to say you can bet on youth matches, and then, but I guess, yeah. And then there's a breakdown of uh, the majority of them are in Europe, about 241 of them, of the 397, with Asia being second and South America being third. And, uh, apparently not very many is North and Central America. What is the number, three or five? Which one? North America. North America is way at the bottom. Um, I would five. put there five or something yeah, five, like that. Okay. You talked about it earlier about the 2022 World Cup being the dates uh, 21st to December 18th, November 21st. But Infantino added that there's been no decision made on the size of the tournament yet either. So it could so, still be the 48. So if, if, uh, the South Americans had put forward the motion at the last FIFA Congress and then they, they delayed it and said, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it a little bit more. Yeah. Insane. To, to, well, a, in to the membrane. In Qatar, to begin with. 28 days is insane. And if you're trying to now have 48 teams, it can't work. It just can't work. Hashtag math. In the League of Ireland, which is playing certainly right now, Bray Wanderers are going on strike over unpaid wages. Uh, As of right now, they're planning on it. Uh, They were last paid on May 25th, and they have not trained since the failing to receive wages two weeks ago. They have to give seven days notice, so they have to play this weekend. We'll see if they play next weekend. I'm not sure. That's Butu's old club. Wesley Charles' old club. That's where he played most of his uh, league matches. Oh, well. Um, David Beckham News. Uh, they're unveiling another new Miami stadium <laughs> and a park design. Uh, Miami Freedom Park. At this time, it's near the in Miami International Airport. It includes a large office and retail complex. It's a 25,000-seat stadium. It was to be voted on Thursday to be put on a referendum for November. So it's still going to be voted on by the public, but now it's been delayed six days, the actual vote to put it on the referendum. So we'll see what happens there. Incredible. Um, yeah. It, so the MLS in Miami is still not 100% at this point. Um, Jesse Marsh, uh, we talked about, you know, he hasn't been, nothing's been announced last week. He's been announced as the assistant coach in, in Leipzig. So With Rolf Ragnick. So the, the thing is with Ragnick is uh, – he he has coached, but more recently, when he went to Dead Bull, he became like the the GM kind of technical director kind of guy, like the the vision guy. And so it's interesting that he is stepping back into the the coaching seat, and it it seems 
yeah, interesting that Marsh is choosing to, to be an assistant there. Ragnik is a, a bit of a polarizing figure with the, in, in, in Germany. Some people really love him and some of the things he's done, and other people are kind of more wary. Now, you guys talked about earlier, obviously, about the ha- Forge FC in Hamilton. There was one bit of information that uh, wasn't talked about. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. It, um, one of the uh, officials, uh, CPL officials, cool, was quoted saying that the league is kind of a bridge between the 15- and 16-year-old players in Canada and the professional level. So those Canadians, you, are you thinking they're in the 17-23 to 23 range? Mm. Uh, and there won't be that many veterans in that in that league. There obviously will be one there or two be. veterans, yeah, but be. the majority will be the 17- to 23-year-old player in order to get them. Calling it a bridge, though, makes it feel like it's a development league. And yeah, Do you know who's, which person said that? I, I wish I knew that. I could look it up right now while you guys talked about that. Yeah, because that's not... Whoever said that, uh, I don't even know if it was a quote. I'll just I'll, I'll double check that. Well, no, I can't find that. Sorry, that's okay. Uh, I uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if someone actually from the seat, the the actual lead league actually said that because that's part of the 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 level of the league, the place of the league has been something that they obviously have been fighting for, which goes back to our conversation in previous weeks about their limited discussion with the MLS sides, right? They uh, and their emphasis on this is Canada's top league, which it is. So um, yeah, you, you you don't have to worry about it. See, we we yeah. we'll talk about more next week. Um, last uh, bit of news here. We got the twenty eight. Uh, we talked about earlier the twenty eighteen Canadian Championship semifinals kicking off on July eighteenth. Um, it won't be on television. It will be on CanadianSoccer.com and Yahoo Sports Canada. Um, any issues with that? Do you think they should be this semifinals? It's for a the national cup. cup. It yeah. should be on TV. Like TSN, obviously, maybe they're just World Cup uh, burnt out and they don't have enough but people to cover it. For, they for don't me. have any British people who could go no, commentate or not. cover it? I, I'm happy. I'll go. They can't afford you. I, this, this is the problem with the CSA. They need to do, like, knock. you can knock them for, like, MLS or SUM's involvement with the USSF. But they were selling packages which involved the national team with MLS. The CSA should be selling packages of, if you want to show Canadian national team games, you also have to show the Canadian championship. So I think, Michael, going forward, that's what's going to happen with uh, the CSB, Michael. So the, the Canadian soccer business, this will be probably one of the things that they do. We'll be bringing, in, bringing that into, into line. And it, Steve's just found it was Dave Clanikin himself that said it was going to be a bridge. Oh. Head honcho. So a bridge, I'll ask him on Friday. A bridge for some of them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you ask him that. Not an Ian Bridge. No. Well, well I, Ian Bridge is, well, was on the island right, for a long time. I think he was. Maybe, I, he, maybe he'll be the head coach. I know you guys think it's like it, it's it, like that doesn't sound great, but it is kind of what they're looking for to find a spot for these young players to play. Yeah. So they can develop and then maybe move on to Europe or move on to somewhere else. Because they are going to be a feeder league, and they should be true. No, like every, every, almost every league in the world is a feeder league in one sense or yeah. another. But again, it's about it's about the uh, the optics, yeah, a little bit. But anyway, that is it for this week's show. Um, Brought to you by MLS, feeder league to anywhere else in the world. I don't know if you saw my tweet today, but it was bizarre watching the I think it was the Portland game where it was like Fox's coverage of MLS is brought to you by chocolate milk. <laughs> like, I, had the vo- I had the volume off, so I missed that part. 
That was one of the weirdest things I've the heard. The only uh, Fox coverage I saw of the World Cup was when, I th- at one point, I can't remember which game it was, the international field uh, like cut out, oh. and they had to put in the Fox one. And, oh, we should talk about that, even and, though it wasn't in the headlines. But I'm yeah. so glad that I yeah. didn't have to listen to this stuff, because it was horrendous. the slated their coverage. I had a week of it when it was the Foxes? vacation. Yeah. yeah. The, so the, I, I accidentally only watched one game on Fox. Accidentally. Accidentally. <laughs> But or part of one game, but to be honest, I didn't mind a number of times. I tuned into their evening thing where they're sitting in Red Square because they're bringing oh, in Gu- Gu- I, Gus Hiddink is there. And I like thought all that these. was entertaining. That was fine. I, I don't know if I use the word entertaining. It was interesting at least. They had folk like Martin and Neil over who suddenly disappeared. They had multiple accents, which was nice. <laughs> you have an issue with the TSN panel, don't you? I, I, I a few folk did today. I really appreciate th- those ga- those guys. Uh, I appreciate three quarters of them. Yeah, I, I. Oh, <laughs> no, no I. He's not the one. Yeah, I. I it's unfortunate that, that we can't have a Canadian voice on there. Yeah, I. I to be honest, uh, I. Really I would have flown in Nick Dasovich. He's a Croatian. Why not have a Croatian? Exactly. That makes no sense. I. I think. I think that's bang on. I. To be honest, Patrice Bernier. I figure he's what, French. I figure World Cup it was. I want to say twenty ten. Because it wasn't 2006, it wasn't 2002, so it must have been 2010. I really, really enjoyed the score. Oh, I did too. The score was that amazing. Was fun. That was fun. Like because they used Subedo, uh, Subudio, Subudio. They oh. used Subudio to Jack. actually break down the goal where they were moving players yeah. around. This is so Christian Jack did fantastic. his formation geek thing with the, the Subudio thing. It was so much, and better. it was him and James Sharman. Yeah, and then Sid, which I don't really like Sid, but again, he was a Canadian voice. No, he and Dunlop, Dunlop was there. I don't no, know. Sid, Sid, was, Sid, Sid was there. Wasn't there as much though. I think it was yeah. those three mostly. Yeah, but Sid was there. Let's bring that for the radio show. Let's break down the Whitecaps game via Subutio on air. <laughs> Is this video but, or? No. <laughs> Pushing the boundaries even further. If looking through sticker albums on air is not enough, <laughs> taking it to the next level. I could bring, oh, I could bring a, my my uh, football Lego setup. Yeah. Awesome. Sorted. Anyway, that is it for this week's show. Thank you for listening to our nonsense for the last two and a bit hours. We'll be back next week. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. It's at Zachary AM for me, and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer, and read all our stuff, AFTN.ca. We'll be back at 11 o'clock next week for the live show. If you've tuned in for Transcendence... <laughs> You meant to say that at the beginning of the show. I was driving in tonight and I thought, say it at the start. Remember to say it at the start. But yeah, if you've tuned in for Transcendence and, and you've just been kind of waiting in your trance state until now, Mike will be back at nine o'clock next week. So until then, thanks for listening. Take care and more the caps in the Voyager's Cup. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
E F T 